<laughs> and you see. <laughs> she's a bat. <laughs> who totally does it. <laughs> this is where this is where Sonic went. Guys, I know regular listeners are used to us laughing and then doing some kind of weird punchline. There is no punchline. Matt has just looked up Rose? Rouge. 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 The Sonic character. Rouge the bat. Yeah. Who fucks? Now, show me an official image, like an image of okay, her from okay, a Sonic okay. game. Official, official Because a lot of that does look like a lot of this, well, Tumblr and DeviantArm. Freaking, what's the furry one? Fur affinity. I don't Insights know. like that. Like, I'm not here to kink shame. but so we're, we're not, like, I'm not here to kink shame, but we are here a, to acknowledge that there is a Sonic character who is a bat. Who looks more like something out of Darkstalkers? Yeah, I mean, what was yeah, that? she what? does kind of look yeah. like Darkstalkers-ish. There's a Morrigan kind of thing going on here. She's got thigh-high pleather boots yeah. or leather boots. She's got a bustier, yeah. and she she's DTF. She's uh, she's a bat. Also, that, is that is that comparisons of her in all the games? That top image there. I think so. The little gander. Yeah, she's DTF. <laughs> that is why. Because a lot of these, a few of the images that came up on the search results are like. Uh, this is a suggestive image with, with a transparency layer so you can put it wherever you want it. This one <laughs> where like, she's gagged. This is on like page one. She's in a wedding dress. Of course. Well, again, oh, oh again. shit. She's like, that one is like, she's full on ready to receive. Oh, good Lord. I only just realized Jesus this one you were Christ. Ladies and gents, we are not here to kink shame, but if you draw Rouge the Bat Jesus in a compromising situ- situation, just take a step back for a second and remember... These are games for kids. Jesus. What if the kid? She has giant feet in that one for giant people who like human feet. feet. She's oh she's my a kid's ca- if kids Google these characters. Sonic is such a weird one because like, uh, again, I mean, we're not kink shaming. We are not suggesting that people everybody who is into like fur culture, for example, is it's a kink. Like there are a lot of people who are into it for different reasons, whatever. We're I mean, not it kink shaming. And you that's be, fine. Yeah, it is a kink, but not everyone's into it as a kink. I just don't get that's it. That's cool. <laughs> We're not here to kink shame. You do you. If it makes you happy and you're not hurting anyone, great. But if you're going to draw sexy Sonic characters... Then draw Blaze the Cat and not Rouge. <laughs> That's not what Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just... I... Oh. I... Oh. Blaze for life. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Maybe this is why Bruce Tim makes Dead Made Everyone About the Animated Series look kind of pin-uppy anyway. Because it's, it's like, there's not, there's not much point going that much further. And if this is what fills the Google image search, it's not that weird. I only draw what I want to fuck. And that's Signed, it. Frank Cho. Signed, Frank Cho. Dinosaurs and Red Sonia. Bruce Tim. I'm right there with you, Frank. Uh... <laughs> Give me one of his raptors any day. Anyway, oh, my yeah. name is Chris, not here to kink shame Johnson. And my name is Matt, ashamed of all his kinks, Watson. <laughs> and we're here to talk bullshit. Yeah. Uh, for those who want to know what we think of yeah. the, uh, the Doctor Who announcement, uh, we don't know. We don't it know. It apparently happens after the recording of this episode, yeah. but so do 90% of the ones that never get said out loud anyway. Yeah, the last thing that we saw prior to the recording of this was the... Watch this space, 23rd of the 11th, 2019. Yeah, that was the, that was the was last like, official thing we saw, like, yeah. What do you think it is? It's 
probably a trailer. Yeah, I, I imagine it's it's on the anniversary date, the fifty sixth yeah. anniversary date. Probably a trailer for what's coming up. Uh, Edge of just... Time. I've watched some footage of that. That looks really good. If you've yeah. got a VR thing and you have motion controls, get it. If you're an Oculus, who wants to get PSVR. fucked up by a weeping angel in VR? I fucked up. Yeah, not fucked by. <laughs> Okay, we're not here to kink shame. We're moving away from the kink segment of the show. But I don't want to see a weeping angel. (laughs) That's DTF. (laughs) I mean, I kind of do. Don't look away. Don't turn your back. Or do. do Based on what you want. Are you topping? Are you bottom? Who knows? There's one eye that never blinks. Who could say? That's all (laughs) I'm saying. There's one eye that never blinks. Hey. Hey. Look at us. Just guys being dudes. Okay. <laughs> Look at us. So this week we are going to talk. <laughs> Doctor Sleep, Matt has seen it. He's going to give us I've a review. It. And then I'm he's going to dive, all into, about dive it. into a vaguely it's and then full on spoilery kind of chin about good. it. Because uh, you are excited. Because Chris couldn't be bothered seeing it. Chris unfortunately basically. had to do a lot of things. No, Chris is in the, in the, so. you're in the midst of yeah, pre-panto. Yeah, I want to see it. And so. I probably will end up seeing it. If you get a chance, you absolutely should see it. If there's a show in Sunday night and I'm not too sleepy or don't arrive there too late, I'm probably going to go see it. You should. You should, you Because I... Because you can, can, can! Ah, I get that reference. Because um, Ewan McGregor was in train spotting. Um, <laughs> where he can, can, and did, did everything. Uh, uh, we're also going to be talking about the Doctor Who trailer announcement, little tiny bit. Oh, yeah. wait, no. We, well, we talked did. about that. There it is. That's, all we, that's literally all we know about it. Disney Plus and what Disney we think of The Mandalorian. Which we haven't seen <laughs> oh god um marvel what if leaks as they yeah. as so-called plus your emails but first um gotta go fast can Matt. we talk about sonic the hedgehog who fucks <laughs> <laughs> um, now we don't so know if this sonic fucks all sonics fuck okay <laughs> listen i've been on the internet long enough to know sonic triple x but all sonics fuck <laughs> Sonic the XXX parody. Um, I played um, Sonic 2006. Oh, God, yeah. He doesn't. Well, that was the thing that kind of upset me, a non-Sonic fan, but somebody who like, has casual and happy memories of playing him on it, the Mega it Drive. It was that he kisses a human woman, not that that game was fucking garbage. No. Uh, like, I played Sonic and Tails and, and a couple of the older titles, and he was just a mascot that I enjoyed, and I liked his platformers, la la la. But even I was unnerved. When I saw the trailer initially for uh, Sonic, for two reasons. One, um, why are we doing the whole they come to the human world thing again? Yeah, like, that's kind of dumb. It's so boring and so many of them do it, usually with blue creatures, funnily enough. <laughs> um, I was like, why are we doing this? Bleachers. Oh, but, <laughs> but also... The bleachers under- are under the bleachers! <laughs> there, officer! <laughs> why has no one done that gag yet? Because no one goes into the bleachers since Pennywise has been hanging around there, that's why. I'll just blow that thing away. I am putting my penis out and (laughs) meeting this kinky clown. We're not here to king shame, but Pennywise is daddy. Uh, Pennywise the clown. Who fucks? Choke me and call me Derry. Uh, So, Derry's daddy. So... (laughs) Get me in the dairy air. Did you see how many people were upset about the opening scene yes. of it, chapter two? <laughs> <laughs> about the opening scene of it, chapter two? All because, of them. Because he'd somehow been appropriated as an LGBTQ plus icon because after the 2017 movie came out and there'd been that whole running gag of the Babadook is gay and a gay icon and everything. And, and they then just made Pennywise his boyfriend. And then the adaptation of 
you know, chapter two continues and adapts the opening of it where there's a horrible gay hate crime. And there were people online who were really upset. They were like, fucking hell, what Pennywise stands for? This is disgusting. It's like, do you Pennywise? even... Do you even remember what the movie what? is that you that you pinch the clown from? Why like, are you choosing... I am totally for... I am totally for online groups, like, randomly picking characters to act as LGBTQ allies. I am totally for that. Absolutely. But... Maybe not go for the murderous clown. Maybe not go for the murderous clown! Exactly! Oh my god! That's weird. It is weird that That's they got upset about it because it's like, no, you're upset over something you made. And of course, it's not everybody. Like, there's a shitload of people who are like, oh, you know, we know that scene's happening and this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. We're still going to sort of use cartoonishly, like, Pennywise as the husband or boyfriend of the Babadook and do stuff. Cool, whatever, fine. We're not here to kink shame. We're not. <laughs> Should we title this episode, We're Not Here to Kink Shame Mandalorian the, Butts? I think that's becoming the... We're not here to kink shame Pedro Mandalorian's Pascal. butts. But did you see Pedro Pascal's tweet? He retweets it. Someone did a retweet. I don't tweet. Someone did a tweet. Which is a lie. Someone did a tweet. <laughs> I can't remember it. It was that meme of the guy in like tiny speedos from a POV shot running away down the beach and falling over. And oh, well, like, oh, my holiday like, snaps, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Someone tweeted out saying me running from uh, me a bounty running from the Mandalorian, <laughs> and then Pedro Pascal retweeted with like "gonna get you, gonna get you." <laughs> so it's like, is Pedro Pascal down to fuck? Is that where we are? Is the Mandalorian I think down he's to in, fuck? He's in on it. He's we're, in on it. We're not gonna kink shame Mandalorian, but um, <laughs> so, but but uh, <laughs> sorry, another meme. This I can't remember who it was. God, I wish I remembered who this was on Twitter. But they put um, it was me. Netflix and chill, Disney Plus, and no sex till marriage. Oh, that was quite funny. Oh. Um, remember who it is? I'll put it in the comments. But yeah, fucking hell. Where were we? Sonic trailer. Sonic. Uh, the internet slash a lot of Sonic fans and just people with good taste mm. reacted negatively to the appearance of Sonic in the original trailer. He looked hideous. He did look hideous. He looked hideous. It was weird design choices. It was the teeth. It was the hands. It was the the fact that it, it, it he wears gloves, so his hands were just like white fur and all these weird little choices. Well, like you know, he seemed to be. In proportion, and there was that weird kind of questionable bulgy well, area. Did you see the, um, the tweet the, from the Jane? muscles under the fur? It's just like this looks really weird, guys. Did, did you see the tweet from Jane Nicholson a couple of days ago? Where like, I think it was Jane Nicholson. It was like, what childless film executive yeah. signed off on this on the Sonic movie being a road trip with a cop who looks like your dad? Yeah, it's the same childless um, film executive who signed off on that. Sonic, Sonic design, design. <laughs> yeah, because they don't understand what uh, what who is condemned James it. Marsden once again to road trip with CGI small furry characters Ugh, in the movie. James man. Marsden deserves better. God damn it! Yeah, just watch Westworld, man. Oh, there you, there go. you go. There you go. That's some James Sorted. Marsden getting up to his mischief. Sorted. When are they going to do Disenchanted? They've been teasing it for like over a decade now. I would happily watch him reprise that role. Uh, they have to wait. They have to wait for the core audience for that film, who were like ten when it came out to. To, to, True, to, but we have to hurry up because Adina Menzel's character, who's now animated as of the end of it, spoilers for the 2007 Walt Disney Pictures movie Enchanted. Uh, arguably, she's going to sing, and Adina has screwed her voice up like crazy. She can still sing. I'm, 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 I'm. It's true. But, like, she can't belt like she used to, and it's kind of noticeable now that we are nearing Frozen 2's release, and there's been no Elsa singing. Yeah, in but any she's of not marketing. like Julie Andrews. No, but she's hurt herself. Yeah, granted. And it's it's gonna affect what she can do going forward. And it's sort of unnerving that there is no like here's Elsa singing moments in any of the marketing. She will obviously have songs, 
But it's weird that they're not unlike the first film. Going, what if here is the thing you what need to see? What if there are no songs in Frozen Two? I actually like that because it would be a baller ass move. I'd, I'd love that. It would be fucking amazing if the first one's a musical and the second one's just a fantasy film about like you know uh, mystical abilities and fucking tribes in the woods. I mean, if it's also a musical, Airbenders. I would be down with that. Same. Because I like Frozen. I kind of like the idea that if they did a new one every few years, if they have to sequelize all Disney pictures. Which they do. They do now because. Oh, yeah, because The Rescuers and Wreck It Ralph are the two that have had it so far (laughs) in that canon. Where there's been a where there's been a sequel, actual cinematic there's been a sequel, sequel yeah. within the Walt Disney Pictures canon. Yeah, uh, not the straight to DVD stuff, not the Disney Toon releases like Return to Neverland or Jungle Book Two. Like it, it's you know, if Frozen is going to do that and it's never going to do it like every three or four years, make it a different genre every time. It's not a great track record though. Make is the next it? one a horror. Like, Rescuers Down Under is pretty good. Rescuers Down Under it's is not a great. Yeah, it's not a classic because it's it's like the odd child, odd child out. In the uh, the family photo yeah. that is the Disney Renaissance, but it is a good, it's like, a, it's little a good mermaid. Movie. Rescue's down under Beauty and the Beast. It's like, wait, hang on, but it's but a then, good film. And then Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet. It's just, it's fine. It's fine. It should have been Rex the Internet. If they called it that and they released it a year prior to when it came out, it probably would have blown the world away. Well, they have a moment in the movie where they address that. Yeah, it's like, shouldn't it be Ralph Rex the Internet? It's like, no, the title works better. I was like, oh, okay, does it? Does it though? Are you trying to convince? His entire thing is, I'm gonna wreck it. I'm gonna wreck it. Like, I'm, oh, unless the sexual connotation. Ralph Rex the Internet. Fuck yeah. Fix that, Felix. Wreck it, Ralph who fucks. Wreck it, fix it, Felix who fucks. <laughs> well, we know he does. Felix definitely fucks. <laughs> He's not gonna. We're not here to king shame. I mean, he adopts all his children in Wreck It Ralph. Ralph breaks the internet, but that's. But do you know what? That is because there's no way he's keeping Carlina around. That he's not keeping her satisfied. She's a strong woman. She knows because, what she wants. That is because they are incredibly like well aware, sensitive, and compassionate parents who see that there are children in the world who need a loving family, and and they're like, do you know what? We're we're good people. We don't necessarily like. Maybe one day we will have a kid. Our ego comes backwards to giving pe- children who need their parents. Yeah, we can be a brilliant mum and dad to someone who, who really needs one already. Maybe one day we'll have a kid together and they'll be terrifyingly proportioned because you're, <laughs> you're a six foot two soldier woman with a natural human structure and I'm a tiny looney tune of a man. Can you imagine Fix-It Felix's nose oh, on Calvin's face? I can now. <laughs> And I'll be honest. I don't like in a sex I'll be way, honest, like in a genetic I'll be honest, Matt, way. I ship it. <laughs> so Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh uh, god! The internet had a problem with it, and then they redesigned him. And and we do not champion crunch in any way. In no, fact, we no, no, against no, it. no, 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 no. So we will reserve our congratulations and praise to Paramount until we found out. What I really, really want are. to know what the yeah. what the conditions were like at the effects studio that, that had to redo all the sonic effects. People say there's a, a conspiracy, it's a marketing thing that they were plugging. They used a hideous like previs thingy and they finished certain shots oh, no, no, to get were... a buzz going and then be like, no. But that'd be ridiculously tough because millions of dollars would be lost anyway to do that as a gamble. Simply because they had to put the film back, so merch and all these things had to change. Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. There will be there will be an ET landfill somewhere 
of the first batch of Sonic merchandise well, that, that, that was, will never see the light of day. That was where the design was first seen. It was like on a... Uh, it was posters like, that were like brought a, Yeah, cinemas, like a yeah. merch pitch and a merch brochure guide. thing. Yeah. And, and that um, was when it first leaked, and then the trailer came out, and everyone was like, oh, no! Was that, was that, thing of, that looks creepy, but when we see it in motion, we see it in motion, and then we saw it in motion, and we went, it's like, oh, that's oh, hideous. Teeth, what the but, hell? I mean, were it me, were it me, I'd have just fucking released it as is and taken the hit. But, so I hope that they've actually... Oh, people would have gone to see it anyway. Yeah. Just, just yeah, to be yeah. like, either because they're like, we're fans of this, or I kid like the trailer, or this looks fucking terrible. I'm gonna go and see it. You release it anyway, you take your fucking licks. Yeah. Like a fucking... Well, even, well if you say that, the studio executive who signed off on that fucking design wouldn't have, wouldn't have taken any of the fucking brunt of it. Like, it would have been the people more... Because the, 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 the shit execution, the execution it. of him in that original trailer, like, he's well animated. He's very well lit. Like, everything. It's just a horrible design. And it's, the character's there. He's absolutely, like unbearably obnoxious which is 100% Sonic now that's the thing with this trailer the last one almost as though they were aware that they had a problem the last trailer focused heavily on Robotnik the last trailer was basically Jim Carrey in some movie with a hedgehog in it like and and that was fine for that original trailer it, did, it got me excited as a fan of you know nostalgic fan of Carrey's 90s stuff I was like oh we're gonna yeah, see him dip yeah, a toe yeah. back into that well I'm happy for that great cool um but, you know, the Sonic was terrifying to look at. He's been remedied. When we found out the circumstances around the animation and development and production that led to this change, mm. that's when we will give praise or critique to Paramount. Mm. But as far as just simply looking at the design and execution of the redesigned Sonic in the trailer as it is, I think it looks pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, it it looks like a silly, probably not very good kids film. It looks like a textural um, version yeah. Of the classic design in a film that will most likely be serviceable, but at least he doesn't look like a hideous hell beast. This, this or, film... or indeed the louse pulled from the pubes of the hideous hell beast. This film really needs kids in it. Yeah. It's like a that's Sonic a really weird like it's some hedgehog movie. Why is he not hanging out with Also that'd be so this is me. This, look at me getting my movie fucking executive marketing head on. Do now. it. That would be so on trend with the recent spike we've seen in things like Stranger Things and It, where it is very much you know a a, ch- a child focused film with the child a child driven narrative and, and strong if, child. If characters. he's gonna be, if he's gonna be marketed a lot as well to like that eighties nineties nostalgia group who grew up with him, and he's gonna be from an alternate dimension, as is the story in this. Yeah. Then why not have it be Sonic? It's Sonic. Everyone knows who he is. Play off of that. Like yeah. J- Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, played off of, in a way, it played off nostalgia for Jumanji, but it also played off nostalgia for 80s and 90s games consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way old school gaming tropes work. Too fucking right. So why not play off of that? You know, why Why not be like, so it is Sonic, and just have Carrie playing Robotnik, not the man who becomes Robotnik. You know why? You know why that is? Why? Because so many of the decisions in Hollywood... <laughs> are made by people who don't know what the fuck they're doing and are paid way too much. And the creatives are left to pick up the, uh, the slack. And I mean, the team have done a great job. He looks really good. He's from another dimension, so the fact that he looks like a cartoon character isn't a problem. A Detective Pikachu showed that that worked really well earlier this year. The Pokemon were designed oh God, yeah. to look like their cartoon counterparts with slight tweaks. Like, like Char- Charizard's eyes weren't cartoony eyes. They were a little bit more realistic yeah. and things like that. Uh, and real world, like you said, real world textures. And that was the blending. 
And we've all grown up with animation bled into live action. We get it. We understand it. You don't have to make everything look real. Like, like it's make it look like it's in the scene. That's all we need. Real, like realistic, fuck that. But as long as it looks like it's actually there, that's fine. Yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit, for God's sake? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Jessica. You believe... Well, actually, <laughs> uh, Jessica was innocent. Uh, <laughs> what about the patty cake? Uh, <laughs> the patty cake. It was literally patty cake. <laughs> she was doing it to protect her husband, all right? It was literally patty cake. <laughs> it was Maroon Studios, right? They were involved. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Remember me, Eddie! When I killed your brother, I oh. sounded just like this. I've set him off now. God, it's so That's good. That's it. That's like, it. Nah, We're done. You believe Rogers in the room. You believe the weasels are in Valiant's uh, office and apartment, like rooting around. You believe it because they just—they're like, "Here's what it is. Do you like it? Cool. Let's move on." Like, and then they sell it through the execution. Same with Sonic. He can look like a cartoon, and we buy it. As is evidenced by the people's reaction to this new trailer. It's like I've said this about practical effects a lot. Um, practical Sonic would look terrifying. No, no, but like I've said, I've said this <laughs> same thing about mean, yeah. like you know it isn't real mm. because you know you're watching a fucking film. Like so, it doesn't have to look. If you, <laughs> oh, you, it's like, oh, it's like going to a theatre and watching a play and going. That ring's only got three walls. Yeah. It's like, you're missing... That is not a cat. That's a lady. I know. In a onesie with paint on her face. In fact, wait a second. It doesn't have to look... None of them are cats. It doesn't have to look real. It just (laughs) They are peoples. It doesn't have to look real. It just has to look good. That's why Judy Dench and Ian McKellen look the least offensive in the Cats trailer. and, And Idris Elba. Yeah. Because they're mostly in costumes... With tweaks to give them Which, like, you know, the cat-like does, features. Which does raise questions about how many dead cats are they wearing. Na, 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 na. Mind you, it is the jellical ball to decide who goes to the heavy side. Yeah, layer, yeah, I'll show which you is my a jellical death balls. ritual. It's a death ritual. It's people volunteering know, yeah, yeah. To, to kill. Like, like which of you's gonna die? It's it, you know. So maybe, maybe Deuteronomy. She's just wearing all the previous. <laughs> Just gonna add Grizabella's code to her thing. And again. if the res- yeah, and if the resurrection thing is real, you just have other people there. You can have like Skimble Shanks looking over and be like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, she- that's see what she's wearing there. Yeah, that's 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 previous me. <laughs> that's that's the skin and fur of my previous incarnation. Pre Skimble Shanks. I hate the fact she's just wearing it as a decorative throw pillow. Well, you Looks know, like she hasn't washed it. <laughs> is that how you treat me? How do? What temperature do you put? A cat hide on for, to avoid shrinkage or balding. I don't know. Let's ask Sonic in theaters in February. Oh god! Bye, um, Sonic. <laughs> so, a needle pulling thread. Disney Plus launched. Yeah, it did. I, um, I've, I've been watching it continuously ever since. Oh wait, no, I can't. No, I can't. We can't watch it now. <laughs> Not till March. Since we last spoke, it has had an official date announced. Yeah, and it's um, March. March, which I think March thirtieth, I think it's down for at the moment. Yeah, March 31st. I think that jives with the the scuttlebutt 
that we've heard of it being they have to wait for their deal to run out with Sky. Yeah, which seems like the most part. Sky, if anyone's got, got Sky movies, stuff on Sky I'll all on that TV, stuff. Yeah. I imagine it, the relationship <clears throat> will continue, but I think Sky probably has. I like don't an, think it. I think can. Sky has an exclusivity on certain yeah, stuff at the yeah. minute, and that might be why. And a lot of their big draws for Disney Plus, of course, would be the instant access to current releases and and recent releases. Oh. And, and and of course, and if the, BBC the... One is showing Avengers, for example. That's not going to no. hurt Disney Plus none, but if Sky Movies, which whenever I stay with my friend Chris and Lincoln, we watch a lot of Sky Movies, and if Sky Movies has, you know, as they do, it's like Captain Marvel's on at seven, yeah. then at ten, Black Panther's on, then X-Men First Class is on at half twelve, and that, do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff that what? Marvel own yeah, that yeah. you guys are showing that would be like a damaging thing for, for Disney Plus. So for the deals to end, I wouldn't imagine they'll stop showing Marvel's or Disney stuff, but I imagine it'll be shown less. I don't think there'll be a lot less of archive, uh, a lot less archive stuff on there. Yeah, or or it'll be like the the Sky box office. Like, yeah, like the most immediate pre physical release yeah. exclusivity window thing. Probably. Yeah, because Disney Plus won't be getting like, for example, when uh, um, like Far From Home came out on home video and digital in the last couple of weeks in various territories. Yeah, Far From Home won't be on Disney Plus for a while. No. And that's completely fair because you want people to go to the cinema and buy the Blu-ray and things like that. Well, it's not fair. It's understandable from a business point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this is fair, Christopher. Whereas Sky Movies will have Far From Home on it now yeah. for people to watch yeah. and do that thing. I love what Sky Movies do, actually. They don't, they're don't. they not They're not endorsing us, but if they want it. Uh, I love what they do with the whole... If they want um, to, then, you know, uh, I mean, I won't pay Glazer or work for Sky. Uh, and I still respectfully uh, sing City's Gonna Die. You know, two Uniteds, but the soul is one. Fuck. As the Busby Babes carry on. FC United of Manchester. Uh, but anyway. Um, oh, fuck Sky. Fuck Sky. Uh, fuck Malcolm Glazer. Uh, but, um, fuck the Glazers in general. Not in a Sonic OC kind of way. I'm not I saying I would fuck the Glazers. I have no opinions on the Glazers, so but, I'm being neutral in this. You are, you are chaos neutral. <laughs> True chaotic neutral. But um, like, what Sky do is they do that thing where you can pre-order it on Sky Movies. And the day it comes out, you have access to it. But they also mail you a DVD of it too. Mm. So it's the standard DVD release, mm. but in an age where things are happening a lot recently that are kind of reminding people, physical media is still not a bad thing, people. Maybe physical media might be useful. It's kind of cool to know that if you prepare for a movie through Sky... <laughs> a what? A fucking prepper? A fucking doomsday prepper on my... Oh, right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If the, if, if the apocalypse happens and vestiges of humanity survive in pockets, I'm going to be the fucking cinema guy. Yeah, go back. I'm the guy who's like, oh, do you want to get away from the mutants and the wasteland for go 10 minutes? Go back to your punker full of... Punker? Go back to your bunker full of canned peaches, you fucking redneck. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're laughing now, all right? But when I'm getting food rations from everybody <laughs> because they want to come in for just two hours and watch freaking Little Mermaid and Little Mermaid 3 because two will inevitably have been lost in the explosion. Oh. Then... They quote unquote could... lost in the explosion in Scarecrows. Look, I used it to defend myself <laughs> against a radiation mutated badger, okay? When you wanna fight when you wanna fight for your life against a horribly um radioactively charged forest dwelling mutant beast, and you have got the Little Mermaid, mm. The Little Mermaid 2, mm. and The Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning to hand. Mm. Whatever you think of Ariel's Beginning, as terrible as it is, you are not going to want to keep Ursula's crazy sister. You will grab the second disc and you will slice that badger's claws off. 
and you will watch it crawl away, spilling purple blood in its wake. Alright? Oh, and you will leave the remains days. of that disc as a warning outside of your shelter, <laughs> above the sign that says, for one tin of peaches, you may come in for two hours and watch my Marx Brothers DVDs. Alright? Because in my society, uh, Matt, I will only be showing good films. Mm, good films. Mm, I want the, I want the three-headed children of the next five generations <laughs> to know the who's on stage routine. Okay. From freaking Abbott and Costello. So they can do it amongst their own three heads. Yes. <laughs> and then they create self-entertainment. Oh. Culture is the thing that keeps us human. It separates us from the, the four-headed toad. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, so and, and the spiders that have grown to the size of small cats. Okay. Like it, it's what it's what separates us from them. And in the in the apocalypse, you will thank me for my movie nights, and my sp- physical media. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? So Sky Movies, uh, <laughs> their deal will run out soon uh, um, before the bombs hit. You know, <laughs> and that's exciting because then it means we'll over here in the UK will finally be able to get to watch the latest uh, mm. cut of A New Hope. <laughs> oh god <laughs> or, or the physical cut of the Simpsons episodes oh what's that no 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 so uh, a shitload of Simpsons, Simpsons all up until the most recent two seasons I think it is are on yeah. Disney Plus and a light, a lot, like a lot of Fox stuff Fox went through a lot of their things and did re-releases and yeah. some varying degrees of success see the Buffy HD conversions yeah they're pretty heinous it's fucking horrible and they better not release them on Blu-ray when the Blu-ray release inevitably comes out holy shit but anyway I, I imagine that's why it's not come out on Blu-ray because yeah. mm, like Joss Whedon and Mutant Enemy people get, stepping in and going excuse me uh please don't fuck with our stuff and then put some, that version Fox, out Fox have done some really great like HD upscale, like the the mm. the, the original series X Files uh, HD masters. Yeah, they're the ones they use on Amazon Prime. Firefly, and they're on Blu-ray now, and they're fucking great. Firefly on Blu-ray looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. like it looks really, really good. And and it's <clears throat> it's just a shame that they there's been skimping and and shit tactics on a lot of other stuff. But Disney seemed to be continuing that tradition because the older Simpsons, of course, was in four three aspect ratio. And oh, when you watch no. them on DVD or Blu-ray, based on your player or your settings. Uh, like with a lot of classic television, if you if you're listening to the show, probably likely you've got some classic Doctor Who. Yeah. Some of them are presented on your screen in four three. Some of them are presented in sixteen nine, and they're done very well. Like they don't look stretched. They don't look thingy. They look just right. They look bob on. Um, all the Simpsons is four three, and tends to be shown in four three. If you tune into Channel Four or, or Sky or whatever nowadays, you'll see it in four three. For Disney Plus, it's been expanded to 69, but the way they've done it is they've literally just cropped the 4-3 image. Fuck off! So whole jokes are being missed, like written jokes, written gags, characters are being trimmed out. Like, we, Do we not get out of that when fucking VHS died? The opening crawl credits that in the earlier seasons we still got like some of the credits fade up at the top. Yeah. Um, they are only just appearing above the bottom of the screen. What the fuck?! There's a great example doing the rounds on Twitter of the, the tour of the Duff Factory from like, like season... I'm not going to purport to know which one. Why? It's an earlier what one. What the fuck? Where man? like they show Duff Light, Duff Beer and Duff Dry and you see the, the three vats where they're all being mixed. But above it, like just out of the eyesight of the tourists is a one tube that's just split into three. So it's just the, the gag is of course yeah. like, there it is, nice and subtle, the same fucking liquid is in all of them, none of it matters. Yeah. That's cropped out. <clears throat> Oh yeah. So that's like cool, cool, hold cool, cool, for cool, the cool, gag cool, 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 cool. is just a random hold in the episode. It's so 
It's weird. So Disney Plus is having some problems, not just the late release in other territories. Um, but of course it means we're missing out on their original programming. Yeah. I've not heard good things about High School Musical, the musical, the series. Which well, is a shame because the premise sounded kind of fun. I've not heard any things about High School Musical, the musical, the did series. You, did you know the basis? Yeah, yeah. So set in our world. Yeah. Um, High School Musical was a musical. It's Sonic in it. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. And they re- uh, people didn't like Zac Efron's teeth, so they're going to uh, digitally reinstall him and put the series out four months later. Ah, uh, okay. Cool, cool, but, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so like, apparently that's just... It's within the first 30 seconds you have characters saying very trite tropey modern dialogue in a way that people are going, oh, this feels like you're trying to appeal to people online instead of just make a show. This and... is going to be horribly dated next week. Yeah, it's, mm, it's one of them. Um, uh. And a few other things. I mean, people have been revisiting classics, of course, like TV, classic TV shows, especially from the Disney afternoon and Disney weekends. have mm. been getting a lot of love in America on the day of launch. Darkwing Duck was trending for most of the day. <laughs> Which makes me happy. Gargoyles uh, has been getting a resurgence of loving. Gargoyles. Hopefully result in more because it's so good. More gargoyles, please. Um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is discovered oh, on the audience. Oh, so good. DuckTales. Woohoo. Um, all Woo-hoo! that stuff is getting like a second look. Chippendale Rescue Rangers was trending in the States oh. all for a few hours. Like, so there's good oh. shit coming out of this. But uh, yes. some weird stuff's happened. Turns out some movies... They're still waiting on licensing to clear elsewhere? Yeah, the one I saw was the source, the Nick Cage, Alfred Molina, Sorcerer's Apprentice live-action film from 2009, I think. I think it's 2008, 2009. Okay. So um, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, yeah. Um, back when he was going to be playing freaking... Maxwell he? Lord Maxwell in the Lord. Justice League movie, yeah. It's like, really? I mean, I know Maxwell Lord's... Is he an immortal character? No. No, no so they would just go... Oh my god, do you think that was the scene that started the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor thing? Let's no, cast that... this character who's usually one way, but let's cast a sort of scrawny, nerdy, quirky character no, but actor I, in the I, I think Jay Baruchel could pull off sleazy businessman more convincingly than Jesse Eisenberg could have. Ha! I love it when a plan comes together. I think if, if you, if you slip... Oh! If you put Jay Baruchel... Fucking hell. If you put Bruce Wayne me, Clark Kent! If you, uh-huh. if you put Jay Baruchel in a nice suit and slicked him back, I think you could convincingly he do would like... He still look like a child. Oh, but you he looks do... like a child now, but never mind in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. You could do like Wall Street Punk. Yeah. Like yeah. you could do Eric Trump Jr. Yeah. Donald yeah. Trump Jr. I should say. Yeah. Like, you, could, you could do not that. Not even Donald counts, Eric. No. Um, um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's... Yeah, okay, no, I see that. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah. His Sorcerer's Apprentice is pretty... Have you seen it? No, no, it's no. Pretty fun. It looks like, ridiculous. It's pretty fun. It, it, it's the it's the it's the forgotten member of the live action remake yeah, family. Yeah. Well, because um, there wasn't really a Sorcerer's Apprentice outside of the Fantasia the, the short in Fantasia yeah. with Sorcerer Mickey. Um, but it it uses those basic ideas and and creates quite a fun kind of. It's sort of it's like if the Mummy met so uh, met National Treasure kind of in it's that kind of vibe. Now the Mummy, that's a great movie. Maybe we should remake. Oh no. Fool. Uh, <laughs> In terms of the mummy, it turned out that, like, what, sixth time was the charm? Never do the seventh. Never go full seven. Um, uh, but yeah, so, like, that, uh, that is one example of movies that you can find on the service. But you can't but watch. It, it just goes to a screen that says, like, uh, uh, Judah writes something or whatever. The October movie will be available. Octo- um, I think it's later. I think sure it's, it's October like, 2020. Is it October? Okay. So it's like... I think. I could be wrong. It's like, Why? 
Why put it on there? Then? They actually say like, due to licensing arrangements. Yeah, which this makes isn't me available think, until. Which makes me think that it was available on the service. But you can add it to your until, watch list now. Up until recently. Yeah. And then something's happened, and they've gone, "Oh shit!" We yeah. better put a thumbnail out with a little disclaimer. Um, so that's odd. So we'd love to talk about Disney. We would especially love to talk about the Mandalorian because mm. the Mandalorian is week to week, isn't it? It's not on dropping at once. I think so. Yeah, so people have only I seen. So. The I know first that's one. happening. I know that's happening with a lot of their upcoming programming, including Marvel What If. What if says you? As Fucking, if, are we? Is it just me, or are we both excited for What If? Is it just me? Because or is it getting things getting crazier? Getting crazier oh, there. oh my god, I love the performance so much. We're living in a society. Oh my god, it's the best film of the year. We're living in a society, guys. We're living in a society. We're living in a society. You get what you can deserve. A good performance Um, does not a good film make, but that's enough of that. Um, What If is, as far as we know, 23 episodes, one for each of the currently existing MCU movies. They will be going out one a week, uh, episodically, uh, from next... Not no, until... no, no, next year, the year after. It's early 2021. Early 2021. So it's still a ways off yet. This is quite a way to go. I guess that's because they want it done. Like, they want to do 23 consistent weeks of content instead of, like, releasing it in bursts. I mean, let's be honest. I think if they're doing them chronologically in terms of production, they could easily release phase one. Here's phase two. Here's phase three. They could do it that way. Um, a lot of the actors are returning, as announced at D23 and then Sunday Comic Con earlier this year. A lot of the actors returning to play their parts. Yeah. Uh, we had seen an image of what Peggy Carter looks like in the Captain America the First Avenger What If episode uh, back at D23. I guess technically she's Captain Britain, but... Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, look at the costume. It's got a Union Jack on it. Yeah, Shield's got a Union Jack on it. With the launch of Disney Plus came the uh, documentary... Um, was it a Marvel... Uh, and expanding the expanding universe, universe which is yeah. a documentary about the MCU project so far so the first 11 years plus a tiny look to the future included in that look to the future is some preview clips very short ones but preview clips from three upcoming episodes of What If see I can only now, see now one of them we can definitely there's a couple gifts doing the rounds but the images oh, okay. show the key, keyframes uh, with one of them, in fact, if you head to my Twitter, I shared a link that might yeah, because I because I've not got a sense of how the animation flows. Ah, right. Well, uh, we don't know. What, we can tell which one of the which film one of them is immediately connected to, but the other two, it's like, huh? I, I kind of can guess, but we'll find out more. And you can, uh, you got a rough idea by looking at some of who who the ca- announced cast returning are. Yeah. Um, the premise of What If, again, for those who don't know, the Marvel What If comics are a alternate takes on classic stories or moments in a superhero or comic uh, book series uh, life or, or tenure, uh, where the Watcher, Uatu, who watches over planet Earth, tells us, the reader, of how things could have gone very differently. Because he can see into those realities and what those realities would be. Simple ideas like, uh, what if Captain America had never been found in the ice. Ooh, so you tell the story of how the, the government continue to eventually unearth an experiment with what led to him and what that does politically and yeah, yeah. to the world of superheroes. Or what if um, what if Aunt May had died instead of Uncle Ben? Like you can tell a slightly more 
Uh, it would have been earlier on. It would it would have been not in media because I've retweeted a link. I think. Oh, um, why is Twitter so shit? <laughs> you could tell a story of like you know, Sir Peter. Obviously, Uncle Ben dying shocks his world, but his aunt, frail Aunt May dying. Maybe that gets a different reaction. Maybe he's a much more vent. It's more, much more vengeful reaction. Things like that. You know, you know what if what if the Punisher, um, what's it? What if the Punisher's family had never died? Like you tell a story of what happens with Frank. Mm. Had he not been pushed into the vendetta, like. And I think, if I remember correctly, that one is he gets killed on that day, and it's like his family become a team that go after the people who did it and stuff like that. Oh. Like you can tell some really cool stories, um, and that's cool. Looks like the film, the the film tie in series on Disney Plus for What If is going to be doing something similar. From the leaked footage from the documentary, and it's leaked because Disney haven't put it out there into the world because obviously they want you to pay for Disney Plus and see the sneak peek. What? But fans exist who Business. are like guys. There's footage from and still images from this series here. Do you want to see it? Business. We see footage of Peggy Carter as Captain Britain um, undergoing the super soldier experiment instead of Steve Rogers. So we see footage of her, uh, the pod opening to reveal Peggy post the procedure. Swole Peggy. Um, oh, yeah. We see her uh, jumping in front of, I think it's in Berlin. She's jumping in front of a car that's like uh, firing at her and she uses a shield, digs into the ground and flips the car over her head. Because of course she does. We see footage of her with the Howling Commandos joined by Iron Man, an Ironmonger-sized armor, World War II style, being piloted by Steve Rogers, who of course is little Diddy Steve. Skinny Steve. Um, because he didn't undergo the procedure. Why Steve doesn't undergo the procedure and Peggy does, we'll find out when we see it. But... Holy shit, this gets me excited. I, just, um, I yeah. don't know if Chris Evans has been confirmed. He wasn't in the lineup confirmed at the time. No. But uh, Hayley Atwell's confirmed. Dominic Cooper is, uh, I believe, confirmed. So is Thingy Slattery, who plays the older um, Howard Stark. So I imagine he'll be showing up in another story later on in the timeline. But this looks super cool. The art style, based on the brief clips that we see, is CGI with a painted look. Yeah. So it's, it flows really smoothly, but each frame looks like a painting. It, like you can freeze it and it looks like a painted image. It's almost cel-shaded, but classic. It's like if Iron Man Armored Adventures wasn't shit. Hey! Essentially. Uh, that's that's yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, that's good. It looks gorgeous. We also see uh, the opening bit on... Uh, I can't remember the Blue World now. But we see the opening bit of Star-Lord going to claim the Power Stone... But it ain't Star-Lord. Yeah. The jacket's purple. It's interlined with the silver teeth deco. He pulls down the... He turns off the mask and the mask disappears. And it's T'Challa. Which is weird. And it's like, wait. Is okay. It, is this the what if for Guardians? So is the what if for Guardians what if T'Challa had been taken by the Ravagers? Which is just... A, like, I don't know how you which, get which there, means but that, I but, like but that it. means that Wakanda's tied into the celestial plot by yeah, Ego. Yeah. Like, is that where we're going with this? Or is it simply that... T'Challa like ventures out into the stars and, and they're just doing that classic thing of and then they become this version of this. And it's like, cool, whatever. Why not? Looks cool. Chadwick Boseman will be voicing T'Challa in the series. We also see, and this one gets me super excited because I'm a fan of this weird fucking series that they've always dipped back into. That, well, that first one I am. The other's not so much. I like the, well, I, I like the, I like the Army of Darkness tie-in. Yeah. Which is a prequel. Yeah, yeah. And I like the original story, which was the ultimate Fantastic Four story. Oh, yes. Because that's yeah, really yeah. good. Because yeah, they yeah. get you thinking, oh my God, is the ultimate universe about to cross over with 616? And then, nope. <laughs> no, no, no. We're only going to do that. No, 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 no. We're only going to do that when we've completely run out of idea. Oh. 
You don't think it's universe exists again, but they're not doing any stories in it. Yeah. At the end of Spider Man Two, we get a glimpse yeah. into another universe, but, like when, when the Miles Morales from Six One Six, like the original Six One Six ones, and not the one we love and spend time with. He goes to alternate dimensions as part of that story, minor spoilers, and he ends up in essentially it's suggested the ultimate dimension because because ba- Bagley illustrates it. Miles and is part see, of Six One Six now. He is now, and we see because the ultimate universe disappeared. Yeah, but it turns out maybe it didn't. Maybe it was just rewritten. But Bendis did it before he left. Basically, as like a Hey, people who love that universe, it's still around. I got the, But uh, Marvel aren't going to dip back into it. I got the sense Peter's from... alive. He's leading a team of Avengers, which includes the ultimate version of Ree Williams as Ironheart. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And it's like, <gasps> and then the book ends on that, and you're like, well I played, got... Bendis. Well played. I got the sense that <laughs> after Secret Wars, the ultimate universe was still around. It was just, be, you know, a different version of it. Well, now we know what it is, but yeah. we'll never go back there. But. Um, thing that's something that originally originated in Ultimate Comic was, of course, the Marvel Zombies. And yeah. it looks like... Don't know which story, because it's unshaven Bucky. He sort of looks like he does in um, in uh, Endgame and Infinity War. But he is... Whatchamacallit? He's uh, fighting what looks like Civil War-style costume era. Yeah. Captain America on a train. But it ain't Cap. It's Cap. It's But it's a zombie it's Cap. zombie Cap. Does that I mean it's Colonel America? Got, well, at first I was, yeah, <laughs> well, at first I was looking at him and I was like, oh, is the idea that like it's the Winter Soldier, it'll be the Winter Soldier spin-off episode and it's set in a world where Steve didn't survive, maybe? I guess. And there's a plague thing, so it's like, or like they get him out of the ice and they try to resurrect him differently and it's like, this is the Winter Soldier having to deal with a zombified version of his old friend because he doesn't really know who it is. So it's kind of the whole thing of like, are the stakes ever going to play up? And it's just, it's the MCU's way of going, here's our nod to Marvel Zombies. Um, or is it going to be a flat-out Marvel Zombies episode where, like, the Winter Soldier is the character we follow dealing with the dealing with the outbreak? Because I'll be honest, in the MCU, he's the character I think could probably deal with it the best mm. in terms of just, like, giving us cool action to, to watch. But also, he's a character that's been underserved, shall we say. Yeah, so giving him, like, the opportunity to be his... the star of the horror episode yeah. of What If would be really cool. However, we are getting more of him in time. Because oh, yes, also part of this preview, we got... Some artwork, costume artwork. Yeah, from... not, not not final. However, let's face it, based on the Bucky one in particular, yeah, some of this is probably final. Looks pretty final. We got some costume um, artwork for characters that will be showing up in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so got, sometime next year. So we got costume sketches for Bucky, who's looking great. He's got the white star on his shoulder. He's got a short crop haircut. He, facially and hair wise, he's looking like Sebastian Stan looked in Captain it, America: The First Avenger. It looks also the the blue and red looks a bit like he's a throwback to the World War II Bucky tunic from yeah. the comics. Give me a domino mask at some point. Yes, please. Um, fucking white and red Falcon. Yeah. Like, so very comic book Falcon. It, it's, in terms of MCU, it's looking a bit ant man weirdly, for me. I think... It would, I think they need to pop the blue more. I think, no, that's not, that's not blue, that's black. That's what I'm saying, like, pop it, it pop I think some they need blue. To, uh, no, I think they need to pop the white more. Then again, I think could, that's it, what will... It could be a stealth off. costume, though, that may be why. But also, he's got the... Falcon beak on yeah. his chest, which is nice. So it's sort of like a it, it's a it's very much a version of the Falcon outfit, yeah. but, but he's getting more comic booky colours now. Yeah, uh, a specific comic booky, very good. Especially, obviously, red, white, and hopefully a bit of blue. I think we're going to get some red, white, and blue in there at some point because he's the new cap. Um, we got some US agent? US agent. Oh shit! Oh yeah, do we know who's playing US agent yet? Wyatt Russell. 
Oh, shit, of course. <laughs> yes, that's a good shout. The Kurt Russell Captain America you almost never got. That is a great shout. Um, he looks really good. So it looks again like it's that whole thing of the, the, the government or S.H.I.E.L.D. or someone is like, we need a new cap. And they're yeah, putting yeah. a cap together. Because he's got, oh, oh, that's a great touch. Right, so US Agent's costume so usually has like a the, the, the stripes of the American flag horizontally across the chest and, and torso. And he's got that going on here. But it's the same texture as the vertical stripes from yep. the OG costume. Yep. That's a really nice touch. So it looks like they've just repurposed and repackaged the Captain America outfit and have gone, here's your new Captain America, everybody. Well, also, they've got the star, but it's an A. Yes. Which is really smart. Whereas us, of course, the viewers are like, no, Falcon's Captain America now, motherfuckers. I love it. I love it. He's going to be great. Um... <gasps> Proper purple Danny mask Brule. Zemo. We've got the purple mask. And it's like what we were saying. It's a combat mask. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. a thingy helmet. But he's got a popped collar with a fur trim. Yes, he does. Oh, well, we saw that in the um, the stuff he put on his Instagram, the didn't we? The stuff, yeah. I'm so glad. And so then... we're getting a Zemo. We're getting Zemo. And then finally some Emily Van Camp in As tactical Agent gear. 13. It's Agent 13. Continuing the... Ca- on continuing the... Yeah. <laughs> Continue- well, well, if she gets with Bucky or... or um, or Sam, then she's no longer in that weird, creepy hang on thing that that was overhanging by accident by the time we got to Infinity War, and we all kind of started to go, hang on, hang on, because in Civil War it works what? really. In Winter Soldier, Civil War it works fine, and it isn't odd. But then the more they emphasise Peggy going forward, the more you're like, wait, hang on, actually. But then I think it 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 it's a clear indicator that they hadn't planned that stuff out beforehand, and yeah. sort of went. Oh, <laughs> it's it's George. It's George with Luke and Leia. Yes, albeit yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say not as gross. But no, same no, kind no, of ballpark. No. Yeah, because in Civil War, they play it up very much as a he's he's moving on and becoming his own person, not stuck in the past. Moving on up, like, moving Peggy, on up. His death inspires him, and he takes her like message to heart and moves on with his life. Yeah, but then of course, Infinity War. Not Infinity War, Endgame very heavily plays on, no, he'd like to go back to that life mm. if he can. Which retroactively kind of makes the Sharon Carter thing a bit more uncomfortable. Do we know if she got snapped? Sharon Carter? Yeah. Uh, I suppose it doesn't matter, really, because we'll, everyone's back by the time he's... I know, I'm just, I was just curious. Uh, it's not confirmed, oh. as far as I'm aware. Oh, uh, she she, she didn't get a poster, because there were some characters who weren't in the films who got yeah. those posters, but she didn't get one, so... Oh, who and um, we got some Hawkeye art as well. Did we? For the may or may not be happening now Hawkeye series, because Jeremy Renner's well, fucking now, weird. to be fair, no news has come out that it may not be happening. No, that's and I wouldn't rumors. be surprised. I wouldn't um, be surprised if it still went ahead, just without Clint Barton. Yeah. Because it's a Kate Bishop show, let's face it. But it, it looked... Like the, the art that I saw is um, very... Uh, definitely very heavily inspired by the Matt Fraction Dave Ayo run. Particularly for the Kate Bishop designs. As it should be. Um, I'll be honest, if Hawkeye's not going to play a big role in the films going forward, for example, like if he was just going to be more of a pop-up character, recast him if there's an issue. Just recast him. I mean, him. yeah, I they're, 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 they've Renner's. shown that they're not above that. You'll you'll have people being pissy about it. Be like, no, Renner's Hawkeye. And it's like, yeah, but then Renner fucking like, revealed that he may or may not have, we don't know for sure yet, threatened his wife with a gun. So, like, you know. <laughs> that's, that's very Fraction and Arja. Yeah, that really is. That is like, that's, that's basically from the car chase issue. Yeah. And, yeah that's um, pretty good concept art as well. Oh, is that the division concept that's art a, That's a cleaner look at the uh, the division poster that went up with the... Um, 
you can't really D23 see it on this, and everything on this at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New York Comic Con. Um, they put that out, I believe, yeah. on the floor as a as a, as a goodie. Um, um, it's it's of uh, Wanda and a human looking Vision, very much in the fifties, sat on a couch, nuclear family, happy times. And Kate Bishop concept art. She looks really cool. <gasps> They're going to do Pizza Dog? Is that concept art? Yeah. That's gorgeous concept art. I, oh, that pizza was, Dog's going to be they it. They might do Pizza Dog. <laughs> they, I hope they do Pizza Dog. I, I love him so much. Did you, re- did you read the whole Fraction and Aya Hawkeye? Right? I read the first two volumes. Yeah. There is uh, one in a later volume. <laughs> there is an issue in a later volume which is entirely from the dog's perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a couple like that. There's one. There's one that's from the dogs. That. There's, there's that, one... seri- that series turned me around on Fraction because I my introduction to Fraction was Fear itself, which I think is garbage. I don't mind Fear itself. I don't mind. Well, that's because you're garbage. No, I am garbage. Um, and and also uh, his run on Iron Man. It was the Eight Arms to Hold You, or whatever it was. The the Ock storyline. Yeah, I was yeah. just like these aren't. Very one, good. I think he's and then I read his Hawkeye and I went, oh, okay, I like. This. I think I think five five nightmares and Stark Resilient were were good. Hmm. But um, I just thought the art one was dog shit. It, you, it was. Well, I'm not kink shaming, but it was just five issues of very lovingly illustrated tentacles, uh, regularly groping yeah, Stark think, for no particular reason. In I, a way, we like. Yeah, you just didn't like the, do that. That's really weird. Do you know what I mean? Like the way like, yeah, as a character. It's not. It wasn't he, in character. He's, with he's Ock, not. Yeah. He's not a spooky, gropey uh, monster. Well, he is now. Well, he's, he was in that. It's uh, really weird because also it's that whole thing of like, look, if you're gonna get kinky, do you really want to use the arc where he's a shriveled up fucking iron yeah. lung person inside a metal thing? But also, this is odd. Also, Matt Fraction has the the poor, um, unfortunate poor... soul. He's, in he's, pain. He was unfortunate enough to a um, having his run on Thor sandwiched in between Straczynski. Finished off by Gillen and yeah, Jason Aaron. I wasn't you, John Fraction. Thor, actually, yeah, like, but, but I think that's because I'd I'd, I'd so heavily fallen in love yeah. with the JMS and the Kieran Gillen run. Straczynski's great like, to the point where eventually I stopped reading Thor and just carried on reading Journey into Mystery. I think Gillen instead. only did like four issues or something, just finishing it off. No, he, he did. He did like Varian Prometheus. He did Siege, the tie yeah, yeah. Siege, and then he spun out into Journey. Yeah. Journey to Mystery. Journey's so um, which, very, which carried very on good. obviously the story arcs of a lot of stuff because because uh, he 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 takes the brunt of Kid Loki. Yeah, who of course comes out the back of Siege. Um, it, actually, Journey I think he did. I think he really did a few good. volumes before Fraction takes over. I think it can't have done that many. Must have done, like, mm, Siege. It's a Siege tie-in. There's a Warriors three uh, sort of tie-in as well, but that's not Fraction. That one's really good. That's the Siege volume with uh, Ben Urich and and um, uh, uh, Volstag. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. fun and also really fucking dark and horrible towards yes. the end of it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Gillen has another volume after that. I think you know, yeah. He finishes off like the very Prometheus. Then he does Siege, and then he does the and then and then goes off to do Journey to Mystery, yeah. where he absolutely defi- redefines Loki as the kid Loki because he does that and Young Avengers as well yes which is God set, that Young Avengers runs so good set, for Loki it's set after Journey into Mystery and it leads into uh, Loki Agent of Asgard which I only read the first issue but by that point other. he's older again yeah. for reasons but he gets aged up during the events of Young Avengers I think if I remember correctly uh, after Young Avengers he's kid Loki throughout all of that is he? yeah he's he's young young little boy I thought he got aged up towards yeah, the like for the last volume of it. No, I think it might be in Journey to Mystery he gets aged up. 
I'm not sure. Oh, someone, else, someone else took over Journey to Mystery after Gillen for like one volume, if I remember correctly. No, I? no, Gillen finished it. Oh, no, that's it. No, I'm, I'm getting that confused. Gillen finished Journey to Mystery, and then Journey to Mystery got picked up a year later during one of the Marvel Now relaunches as, uh, a, yeah. as a Lady Sif title. No, that... Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. which is also yeah. really fun. I, I read. The first I did not that. care for the Lady Sif Junior's mystery stuff. I think at that point I was just so deep into Asgard. I, I was balls deep into Asgard, except um, sort of fractions thought that I was like, "Give me Asgardians! Give me yeah. all the Asgardians!" Yeah, you just so I might get, be coloured. Need to get on the Jason Aaron train, baby. I will. I've, I've got. I've got. I've got. Uh, I've got uh, God Bomb. Uh, God Butcher and God Bomb. That's so and, good. Uh, in fact, in fact, God Butcher's Volume One, isn't it? That was gifted to me by Kevin Scott. We're just catching yes. up once. Like, comic book all the Kevin nice. Scott, ladies and gentlemen. We're just having a little catch-up chat. It's got we, the Kevin Scott a few approval. years ago. And he just went, are you reading Thor? And I was like, I used to read Thor. I haven't read it in a while. And he was like, oh my God, what's your address? And I was like, why? Thinking maybe you're just going to send me like an yeah. issue or something that you'd finish with. And then freaking an Amazon parcel showed up a few days later and it was God, uh, God Butcher. God Butcher's just... I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Kevin. I have a video about why God Butcher and God Bomb are so <laughs> he, good. So he, you should go watch he, it. He literally just said, like, I just, it hit me that if you haven't read it. Like I'm just I'm just gonna buy you volume one and there's your gateway it's, and I was like thank you Kevin and it's great and it's, it's so good, good that uh, you should probably go to the YouTube channel folks and yeah. watch Big Damn Love but uh, yay but not that only, video was excellent I've actually Matt, talked to you about that since it came out it was really good thank but you not only did Matt Fraction have to follow Straczynski on Thor yeah he then also had to follow Hickman on Fantastic Four mm. and FF yeah I don't think I read any fractions Fantastic Four was it good it was fine. Do you see what I mean? Like he, it was he was fine. He was sort of the rock star writer of that moment for a few years, but everything I dipped into his up until I got to Hawkeye, I was like, eh. the best. Stu- the best stuff that I read with him from Marvel was Immortal Iron Fist, which was yeah. great. A bunch of his X Men stuff is, re- is really good, and um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye yeah. is really good. But there, yeah, there's an issue with that which is all from the dog's perspective, <laughs> and then there's another issue of it which is. Um, <laughs> It's silent and all the dialogues in sign language. Brilliant. Because Clint is deaf. Yeah. People forget in, in the comics, Clint he's not completely deaf, but he has serious hearing damage. So he wears hearing aids and he knows sign language. Mm. And then his brother becomes a character in later on, Barney. Right. Who was a supervillain for a while. I can't remember his supervillain name, but um, <laughs> he's a, he's a character in later. No, in that on. book, probably quite a humorous weird name. Yes, but he and he also knows. Sign language, so they're communicating entirely through sign language in that issue. That's genius. Which is cool. Um, that is freaking genius. Oh, but you're like discriminating against anybody who doesn't know sign language. A, fuck off. B, it's a comic. You can tell the story yeah, from yeah, the images just, that are happening. You can tell the sign language is just here for the people who have, use sign language who can go, oh my god, this has been written specifically yeah. with me in mind. Like, let them have it. Well, Marvel did that whole thing back in the early 2000s where they did the Nuff Said Month. That was great. They did like just silent issues of that like Lord amazing. of the Books. There's this the two that I've read are the the Spider Man one with Morbius, which is no the Spider Man one. Have you read is, that one? Because that one's freaky as fuck. No. There, there was a few Spider Man titles at the time. The no, no um, the, the one there's the Amazing Spider Man one, the Straczynski one, which is about which is the day that Peter and Aunt May have. Yes. In between her yeah. discovering that he's Spider-Man and then him talking to her about it. Yeah, that was the Amazing Spider-Man um, one. I've got that because I've got that in the trades. And then, I, think, I think it was Peter Parker's Spider-Man Spectacular, one of those titles. It, it's it's all painted and it's with Morbius. <laughs> and it's this guy in a wheelchair. Um, it's sort of a rear window kind of thing. And he's witnessing yeah. stuff happening and he, he, he sees... Um, he sees basically Morbius like going to attack someone or whatever. And Morbius spots him, and it just becomes this weird little thing of 
oh fuck, mm. like what's going to happen to it? And it's all done completely silent, and it's it's beautifully illustrated. But it's it's the one time Morbius I've ever seen him illustrated by someone where they've just chosen to depict him as like freaky fucking vampire. Yeah, like he looks like um, Count Orlock. It's that kind of Nosferatu look for him instead. Mm. It's really weird. It's beautiful. I have to dig it out. I've got it somewhere. Um, so it's a it's a, a single issue I got in like two thousand whatever. Also. The other one that I've read is the Grant Morrison new X-Men issue, Ooh. which is um, Emma Frost and Jean Grey uh, going into a comatose Xavier's mind yeah, to find out what is causing all this psychic trouble in his head. Sonic OCs, it's I imagine. Fucking, it's, an, it's a Grant Morrison X-Men book, so <laughs> expect weirdness. Um, so when I was writing yeah. this, I just went to the top of a just, mountain and I fucked a badger. I just It was a mutant badger with three heads. <laughs> it was it was reciting it was reciting the Who's on Stage routine to itself. But that was a massive So Disney I gave it a space cake and, and it was Let's, great. When I had a kink show Mandalorian. That. Enough for that. But have you seen the mixed reviews of Mandalorian? No, I've only seen positive things about Mandalorian. I've, I've seen quite a few like the fuck is this reviews where they've just said it's very shallow very surface Imagine, level I've, seen, I've also like it seen looks a lot good about, and sounds good but that's kind of it I've also seen a lot of that about the new His Dark Material series which True. I'm two episodes into and I fucking love I think it's great I don't understand why people are down on it at all Paul the Bear um, phobias there's no Paul the Bears in it yet yeah but if I told you I know there's a Paul the if Bear if I told you uh, a man who is famously afraid of badgers <laughs> That a badger was going to appear in episode three of a thing, you'd be, you'd be shitting yourself. There's no way to talk about Lin Manuel Miranda. He's a lovely badger of a man. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda is not a badger. Lin Manuel Miranda is He's like a Foxy Stoat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Foxy Stoat. He's one of those people who has facial hair that is so bizarre, but I'll forgive him because he's brilliant. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those where I'm like, did you? you it's not my decision. You don't listen to my rock porno, do you? Uh, I haven't for a while, but I have. Um, he pops up on a footnotes episode. Oh right, because he's a fan. Yeah, of course. So he's just he rocks up on all sorts of podcasts. I think it's while he's in. You love... introduced me proper to my brother, my brother and me. He's in one of them. Yeah, in one this of them. Like, there yeah, he is. He's made for But he, he he did one. He did a Hamadad Rotopano footnotes. <laughs> I think while he was in London filming Mary Poppins. Was he the film in Mary Poppins? Or it, if it was more recently, he might have been doing his dad materials. But I think yeah, because there was Poppins. some shoot. There was some of that was shot over here. Uh, yeah. Oh no, we wouldn't have shot it over there. So yeah, it must be Mary Poppins. Um, and some some were shot over here. Some some internal photography. They did it like um, Pinewood, I think it was. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah, he, he he's on a, he's fucking hilarious. And he, like plays him a clip of when because <laughs> he he would get, like it's like oh yeah I was I got up one morning I was making coffee and I just had this had this. I did it because we're asking about like songwriting. Yeah, like, I just had this tune in my head, so I just recorded it on my phone, and then he plays in this clip of him like sort of humming this tune to himself while he's making coffee, and it's like, oh, an insight into the writing process of Tony Award-winning Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, it's Does he have great. a beard? Is it a beard? Is it drawn it's... with sharpie? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, but why the fuck are we talking about Lin Manuel Miranda? Um, but yes, uh, because we don't have Disney Plus, man. Don't have Disney Plus. We don't have Disney Plus. Um, yeah, <sighs> it's it's a shame. I don't know why people don't like the Mandalorian because it looks great, but then I have not seen it, so I can't judge. I don't know why people don't like his Dark Materials because it is great. But you know what else is really great that people aren't seeing? Rick and Morty season four episode one, unless you want to illegally stream it. 
Oh, we're getting it in November now. I know how cool is that? That is actually yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool. Channel 4 have gone like, why are we holding off? Like, we're going we're to do have some it deals. You'll just have it a couple of weeks later so in America. Yeah, I think so as a result, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. waiting. I can wait. E4, it's E4 we're going to show it. I think so, yeah. But it'll, it'll be on, be on demand. Yeah, it'll be on all And then Channel 4 is still going to broadcast it on the original dates in the new year. Um, so it will TX quite a few times on, on the Channel 4 services. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I imagine it's probably because we, we speculated that it's because the second half of the series will be out by the end of Channel 4's broadcasting of the first half. So if that's the case, cool. That'd be even better. That'd be great. That means you get the full series on Channel 4. Do us a favour, Chris. Flip that lamp on, would you? Oh, must I? Yeah. Okay. But I can't see. I can't see. If I turn this on, you've got to give us a review of Doctor Sleep, the new Uh, film starring Ian McGregor. Yeah, okay. And it's on. Right, so. I saw Doctor (laughs) Sleep this last week. You didn't. I did not. I'm very disappointed in you. Because it's very, very good. I didn't go to see it because I'm poor and busy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. I went to the Christmas um, market yesterday and decided not to buy a Christmas market burger on the basis that I could get like some a sausage roll and the pasty f- from Greg's for a third of the price. Are they fucking open already? I went to the Christmas market and then went, I'm not going to buy anything from the Christmas market. This is how busy fair. slash poor I am I right go to now. the Christmas market and go, I'm not going to buy anything from there because it's the fucking Christmas market and it's heaving and horrible. And it's expanded um, throughout all of Manchester. Great for Manchester as, as a city. Fantastic, brilliant, but it's all the same stalls. Yeah. So and if, you like also... look, if you like looking at the same wooden carving of a reindeer, folks, you can now see it in eight different locations. Great for the economy of Manchester as a city. Terrible for anyone trying to get in, out, or through Manchester. <laughs> yeah. But have at least one fruit kebab or hot chocolate. Treat yourself. Yeah, it'll be fine. And treat, treat me, because I'm poor and busy. Treat yourself. Um, Buy one for me, put it in a package, and send it to Lincoln, so I can eat it during the Panto run. Doctor Sleep! <laughs> Bringing us back on topic um, is an adaptation of the Stephen King novel of the same name. Both novel and film are, of course, a sequel to The Shining. I'm guessing that leaks into the score in some way. It doesn't just leak into the score. I'm guessing it floods the score. At a certain point in that film, it hits you over their head like a fucking sledgehammer. Uh, so in a good way. To my understanding, the story is about Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance. Who was the young child in the events of The Shining, who yeah. had the power of The Shining, who could see things yeah. that other people couldn't. Um, Psychic, basically. Several decades on from the events of The Shining. All grown up. All grown up. He's got the nickname Dr. Sleep because he works as a, as a paediatrician. We'll get into As that. a night nurse or whatnot. And he's, he's been... He's been known to help soothe those who are terminally ill and whatnot. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly he meets up with a young lady who's also got The Shining and she's being pursued by someone in a fucking hat and basically Shining vampires. Not just someone in a fucking hat. Rebecca Ferguson in a fucking hat. What's the character called? Uh, Rose the Hat. Rose the Hat. There you go. <laughs> she's the hat. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're like vampires to people with The Shining and it means he's going to have to delve into a past he'd like to forget about to learn more about what what's at stake and what could be done. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. blah. Uh, it's a sequel. The novel is a sequel to Stephen King's novel, The Shining. The film is, because King hates the Stanley Kubrick movie, The Shining, the film is sort of, like, visually it utilises the f- first movie. The film is a sequel to the film. Yes, but it doesn't hone in on the aspects that Stephen King hated so much from what I've heard. Not really. Like it's, it's, sort, it's, sort of, it's, it's one of those where it's like, 
you could have never seen The Shining, but understand the impact of the third act here through cultural osmosis. Alone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's good. That's good for Steve King because then he doesn't have to like yeah, acknowledge I mean, the Kubrick movie anymore fair, than he than he wants main, to. The main changes you have to make. Imagine if it was a sequel to the fucking miniseries. <laughs> oh my god! The changes that you have to make <laughs> to make the book. Shining, yeah, yeah, it's, it's to make the book Doctor Sleep mm. fit with the film The Shining aren't actually that big, and we'll get into that. It um, it, it, it would be it, it, it's odd because it'd be like doing a later Harry Potter movie having Peeves in it and just expecting everybody watching the film to know who Peeves is. Um, like I'm saying they'd do that. Oh, if, yeah. if, if they'd have kept yeah. it strictly to Doctor Sleep as an adaptation from the book. It's not like... like they, they've had to sort of make a melding for us to, yeah. for it to work. Well, it's, it's not like, say, for example, the Watchmen series that I've been talking about because it's great. Has the Blue Dawn um, shown up yet? Oh, boy, has it. Has it. In HD. Um, oh, High def televisional Blue Dawn. Catch up on that shit, Chris. I do. But that I, is I, it. I heard that theory this week that Ozymandias might actually be a different character who's in the show and not makes, Jeremy Irons. Makes no sense. I know, but the thought of that alone makes me go, people are getting so involved in this already. I, yeah, I'm going to have to binge they it while to, I'm out there. They need there. to step back, <gasps> Christopher. They need to step back. But that, that, is a, that is a sequel to the comic book. Yeah. And Doctor it goes Street in... and is and a sequel to, to Kubrick the film movie. The Shining. Yeah. Cool. But there's so much in common between... Whereas, like, there's differences in the comic book of Watchmen and the film of Watchmen that will confuse you if you go into the series Watchmen only having seen the film mm-hmm. and not having any knowledge of the comic book. Okay. Whereas there is enough common DNA between, despite Stephen King's protests, between the film of The Shining and the book of The Shining that you can kind of go in cold. Yeah. Um, and also Mike Flanagan does a really good job of, of making that stuff stand alone um, in a way that is still compelling and it's satisfying if you've seen the original. Um, but also difficult for me to exactly get a sense of it because I can't not I can't unsee The Shining, like I know The Shining backwards. I yeah. can't not you know. It's, I, just, it, I mean, it's it's, it's iconic. It's, we will be showing it in my post-apocalypse. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of the on VHS. I have yeah. it on Blu-ray, so it's like I don't have a lot of Blu-rays, so that tells you all you need to know. Um, the man needs his shining. The man needs his shining. Um, so it's you know it's not it's not afraid to invoke a Stone Cold classic what it does really well is it take it doesn't it doesn't use any footage from the original Shining it's all recreated it's all recreated beautiful and it's beautiful and, and it's not recreated with CGI face replacement it's recreated actors. with actual actors okay. who don't look 100% like mm. The characters that they are playing, but look enough like them and are good enough actors to make it work. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some spoilers throughout this discussion. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a spoiler warning now because I've not much more I can say yeah. other than this movie's really good and you should see it. Um, <laughs> is it scary? It's scary. It's there's just is is McGregor's on top. McGregor McGregor's brilliant. Um, the young girl uh, Abra who is. Um, a magic trick. Who, who? Yes, um, that is actually a thing early on in the movie as well. We're talking oh about. shit! Um, Kylie Curran uh, plays the young Abra Stone. Um, she thinks she's probably like fourteen or something. Thirteen. 
Uh, well, the actress thirteen, I think, she's like thirteen or fourteen in the film. She is fucking incredible. She's really, really good, and she has to do some really difficult stuff in this, like material wise. Um, and also, she's up against Hugh McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson, who mm. almost walks away with the entire film. Like she is king villains do tend villainy. to do she tend to uh, steal the show. Fucking fantastic. Uh, Cliff Curtis has a great supporting role um, as the guy who helps pull. Danny, Ewan McGregor's Danny Torrance out of his alcoholism mm-hmm. and substance abuse. Um, Zan McLernan uh, is, again, another uh, very good villainy role. Um, you've got a couple of other bits and pieces here and there, but it's... Woof! It is, it is just... It is an incredible cast full of incredible performances. There's a whole feel to the film. It's, it's got a melancholy to it and a sort of sense of unsettling and just discomfort mm-hmm. which absolutely just sets this tone that is on a it makes it feel consistent with the original Shining mm-hmm. and it's just it, 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 it just I came out of it just feeling like both satisfied and sort of like worn out but in a really good way yeah like it had just put me through a ringer and it, oh, it, it just it, there's something about the atmosphere of it and Mike Flanagan's really good at this because I had a, a very similar feeling with Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Is it just gets in your head? He, he knows how rent to... Rent-free, just sits in yeah, there. Just sits yeah, just sits in there, rent-free. But the, the stuff he puts on screen just sits in your mind. Mm. And it's not like... It's not particularly like super scary, crazy stuff. It's His imagery is creepy and... Macabre, but not in a you know. It's not the Grand Guignol sort of mm. sense of things. It's not. It's not. Could like, you just say that again, but close to the microphone? Grand Guignol. Thank you. Um, I'll be listening back to that tonight whilst I stroke myself. I know. I thought you might. It's. <laughs> it's. It's such a. There's. There's a. There's. There's an ice cream man. Uh, there's oh, an, I was picking up on the microphone because the time is phenomenal. There's a. Thanks, Rainbow Whippy. Hey. Oh, it's Manfredi's. Manfredi's. That van's been driving around for decades. And he's never sold an ice cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, but before we go into spoilers, I would I will just say, go and see Doctor Sleep. It's uh, a wonderful exercise in atmosphere and great performances, and just it, it's got an emotional punch to it that will. Land. I don't know if you've seen if you've seen Movie Bob's review video review. Yes, he just has to. St- Go yeah. off script and and almost is in tears in the middle of that, and that's that is a feeling that the movie gives you. It only exacerbates to that amount because of the issues he's had with losing his father recently. But it the film absolutely provokes that response in you. Yeah, for those Damn. same reasons. Obviously, if you've had a recent, I, I, not recent, but if you've had any lot of loss in your family with that sort of paternal or figure, you can. Absolutely, see how that would be. I would amplify the stuff that the film is already doing, um, and it's a really, really smart special horror movie, and one of the best films that's come out this year. Hot down, easily, hands down. It so is really, if good. you've had any inkling to see it or any yeah, kind of, if you don't want to be spoiled on it, feeling to go see stop it, stop listening now and go see it. Go and do it because it, go need, see it. it needs some support. It seems it, it has yeah, not, not financially well. been doing um, as well as, as it you know, should it, have done. It's a long film. It's a long film. True, and also um, also timing releasing wise, like you know, fam, not every family can afford, yeah. not every family or, or, or household can afford to go and see a 
a lot of films throughout the year and there's stuff like Frozen 2 and Star Wars that's about to come out. That yeah. They'll be like, right, we're going to save up for that. We'll go to that one. So if you are someone who likes The Shining and you want to see this, go see go, it. Go see it. Or, yeah, or, go if, or, see or it. if you can't find the time to go see it now but you really want to see it, get that pre-order in. Like, oh, pre-order, yeah, the, pre-order the DVD, pre-order the digital copy. Like, just just thinking about the film is just like, it's this. It's just, just something about it that echoes a lot of Stephen King's best works where it creates a world that you feel like you can live in. Yeah. You might not want to. Well, yeah, whether you want to But you to feel or like not. you can. Yeah. And again, I think Mike, Fl- so Mike Flanagan is the writer-director of this, also uh, wrote and directed Hush, Oculus, uh, the Gerald's Game adaptation for Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. Um, he's currently working on the, the second season of The Haunting of Hill House. Which Guy's got a horror pedigree, and particularly a horror pedigree that deals with families and relationships. Got a horror pedigree, loves familial stuff, mm. loves Stephen King, mm. has spoken after this, like, he's like, yeah, I will keep doing Stephen King adaptations. Mm. I fucking love doing Stephen King yeah. stuff. Um, Even his own stuff, like Oculus feels like it could very yeah. easily fit into a King-like well, world in terms of its well, premise. and, and Also, you can tell that this is... Oculus, for those who've forgotten, is the Karen Gillan eats a light bulb like it was an Apple movie. Yeah, I've not seen Oculus. It's I really, really want good. to. I think it's, it's it was on streaming and I almost and I didn't quite get a chance to catch um, it. And no, I don't think it is. Grab anymore. it off us at some point. We got the Blu-ray. But um, it's great. It's totally it's totally totally great. great. The Doctor Sleep is totally great. Um, spoilers abound. Spoilers abound for for Doctor Sleep. So um, fuck. Let's start. So where does the, uh, where does the nickname Doctor Sleep come from? So yeah, the name Doctor Sleep as you. After... As I attempted to guess. <laughs> so a huge part of the book. Yeah. Uh, lesser part of the film, because they managed to skip over a lot of it that isn't important. There's like, there's two time skips in the film, basically. Um, and after the second of those time skips, uh, no, just before the first of those time skips, you get um, Danny, he's gotten sober, and he's got an orderly work in a hospice in this mm. small town that he's, that he's found himself in. And... He gets a nickname Doctor Sleep because he there's a cat in the hospice that senses when people are about to die. Right. And it always got so the cat's got the reputation in this hospice it's always at the sitting at the foot if you see it sitting at the foot of your bed. Yeah. Sitting at the foot of your bed, it's it, it's you you're you're about to go. God, that's a terrifying um, thought. And comforting for some, I imagine, but not for everyone else. Well, it becomes comforting because or the cat walks past your door and you just shit yourself. <laughs> oh god. It becomes comforting because Danny then the first time he sees this, he goes and sits with this guy and this guy's, you know, he knows he's about to go mm. and he's got the usual fear and Danny just uses his shine to just sort of ease him into it yeah, and sits with him there as he goes. And it's a really beautiful scene and you see another one very similar to it later on. And it's, oh, it's such a beautiful... I mean, Mike Flanagan really gets the emotional core of this stuff. Like, horror to, for horror to work... A lot of the time, you need unless you do you know, like you're doing like a, a like a spectacle slasher movie, which is not what this is. Then what you need is you need an if it's more psychological, you need an emotional connection to the characters in it, mm-hmm. and you absolutely have that here. So he builds this connection with, that Danny has with the people. Like, Danny has come to work in this place and he's been a person that's haunted by ghosts his, his whole life. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. yeah. And he comes to work in this place where people come to die, but then he finds satisfaction and purpose in helping these people pass away. Mm-hmm. And it's such a lovely sentiment. 
and it's such a lovely done scene um, that it just I was just sitting there going this is fucking top notch stuff (laughs) it's top notch performance I think it's uh, it's I can't remember to see if I can find the name of the actor who plays the guy in that scene William Um, Bedridden (laughs) yes William Bedridden it's funny (laughs) enough um how could you imagine if he's uh, looking around it's just like find him Man in Bed there? played by Man in Bed can I f- fuck um, we yeah, it's, are looking it's for a man a man in a Nicholas? bed is it Nicholas Pryor oh there he is, is it? William Bedridden there he is William Bedridden yeah there he is I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Nicholas Pryor although that might be the other elderly patient I apologise um but yeah, just the way he helps him go is just so sweet. Yeah. And and it's that it's that sense of like is is he starts to remember things about his childhood as he's going and sees his wife and such, and Danny helps reinforce that with his shine mm. and just send him off peacefully. Um But this is after two time skips. So the the two the main things with making this a f- sequel to the film of the Shining as opposed to the book. So the main differences that affect the story directly are in the book version of The Shining, Dick Halloran, the, the cook, played by Scatman Collins in the film, mm-hmm. he survives the events of The Shining. Yeah. Afterwards, after the events of the fil- uh, the book, he helps Wendy Torrance raise Danny. Danny. Yeah. Sort of like a uncle, grandfather figure. Obviously, he dies in the film. Mm-hmm. Also, in the in the in the book version of The Shining, um, the hotel is destroyed at the end. It's um, Jack fights off the ghosts long enough for him to overload the boiler in the basement, the dodgy boiler in the basement of the shine of the Overlook, and burn it down. And he stays in it while it burns down. Mm. Obviously, in the film, it doesn't burn down. Wendy and Danny escape out into the snow. They lose him in the maze and he freezes to death in the maze. Yeah. That's what happens. Uh, so, this is iconic, but it does make you think, at, at what point in that process did Kubrick go, this is what I want? Uh, that's, well, that's completely different from the thing. Yes, but it should be what happens. Okay, then. What? How do they get around the Overlook not being destroyed and uh, well, thingy not being part of Danny's upbringing? The climax takes place in the book in a campground on the land where the Overlook once stood. Oh, in the, okay, so in Doctor Sleep's third act in the book. Yeah. It's like, we go back to the Overlook's um, location. Because part of the... Because what has happened is Danny... So Dick teaches Danny... Yeah. Because the ghosts of the Overlook keep coming for him after he escapes it. Right, okay. So oh, early yeah. on in the, in the, in the film, you yeah. get the woman in the bathtub... Oh fuck! But she's in his bathtub at home. Yeah. Oh, gee. oh, even the thought of that's really Dick, unnerving me. Dick teaches him. Does he have a weird CGI snog fight with it, and then, and then they go to a ballroom? And it's, oh, Jesus! No. Um, Dick <laughs> teaches. Is Dr. Sleep a Ready Player One spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> fuck off! Um, Dick teaches Danny to literally, metaphorically. Both. Lock the ghosts in a box. Damn, okay. In his mind. Yeah. And that's what he does. He, so, he's, okay. so 
by the time he's an adult and we meet him up later on, Danny's got all of the ghosts of the Overlook. Horace Derwent, um, fucking the the twins, the the landlady, the fucking other guy. Firehose with CGI teeth? Yeah. <laughs> all of them. He's got them all locked up in boxes yeah. in the maze. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, That's a cool <clears throat> idea. Pokemon Go, but The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in uh, the climax of the film, to defeat Rose, mm-hmm. he unleashes the ghosts on her. Right. Okay. Um, what the film allows it does is it allows Stephen King to sort of have his cake and eat it because the hotel's still there. Mm-hmm. You get to in the book. Uh, spoilers for the ending of Not Sleep. So warning. Um, Danny survives the final confrontation and goes on to fulfill the dick role for Abra. Right, as she, okay, as yeah. she grows up. In the film, Dick's been dead. Dick died in the events of The Shining, so mm-hmm. Dick's spirit has had that sort of relationship with Danny through his shine. Right, so he has um, still kind of mentored him yes. in fragments over yes. time. Okay. Well, as a spirit, as a ghost. Yeah, is he played um, as a different actor then? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, the, all, all the returning characters from The Shining that are in this, none they, of them. They, no, they don't try and no CGI face replacement, trickery, none okay. of that bullshit. It's just... New actors. Yeah. Um, the guy they get to play... Jack, Jack does turn up. Yes, we see Jack in, Torrance. In, in a way that I'll get to later. Okay. But when he does turn up, it's Henry Thomas. Okay. He's Elliot in E.T. Yeah. And also the younger version of the father character in Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Like, if you've seen a Mike Flanagan film before, yeah. you will see people he, turn up in this. Up, that, yeah. Like, uh, Bruce Greenwood's in it as well. Does he, a small role. Does he try to affect... Nicholson at all, or is it more just like in mannerisms and, and mannerisms and and, like and, and and sort of speech patterns? But he doesn't like so. So basically, the traditional way to do this shit. Yeah, he's yeah, hairy. You just like you he's, ca- he's hairy like Jack Torrance is, and he's got thicker eyebrows and stuff. Yeah. You cast someone not... else in the part, and if it's an iconic part, you just go just affect it a bit. He's not doing but, a Jack Nicholson but impression. Don't do an impersonation. He's yeah. doing. He's playing Jack Torrance. Yeah, like. Who has the hearing same mannerisms hearing as Hollywood? Ja- yeah, like how you're meant to do that I'm shit. Like, who's the woman who plays um, who plays Wendy? Because you see quite a lot of um, of Wendy Torrance. Mm. Uh, Alex Esso. Um she does a great Shelley Duvall. I'm trying to find a picture of her now. That uh... well, sort of, there's a, there's a profile photo that I could headshot. Like I could get a sense of what she looks like. That that's mm. that's from Doctor Sleep. Oh, here we go. Okay. Shit, yeah, right. That's the kind of thing they go for. You're like, that's definitely that is definitely uh, yeah. Wendy, Wendy Torrance. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, I can absolutely. But it's clearly not Shelley Duvall. Yeah, but you you go with it. Just give us that because I want to see if they've got anyone. You you accept it, Jack, because you know it's a film. Yeah, and you forget it because the performance is so good that you get over that. Oh, that's not Shelley Duvall from. 1979. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> they don't need to fucking CGI it. Because they could, if they um, wanted to, I suppose they could have spliced footage and they could have found a way to sort of uh, blend the two a bit. But like yeah. you say, if you want to do more with the characters, it's better to have that freedom to be like, no, this is just the actor playing them now. But this is them. They have, the, they have, uh, Stephen King has his cake and eats it in this film to a degree because what happens at the end is after they go to the Overlook to lure Rose back there, Danny unleashes the ghosts on her again. Mm-hmm. But, Rose has wounded him, so he's bleeding out anyway. Yeah. So after they devour Rose, the ghosts devour him. Right. And okay. then possess him like they did his father. Oh. To go shit. after Abra. Okay. 
because the idea is that, is that the 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 overlook is a hungry place. Yeah. The ghosts feed off the shining in the same way that the the true knot, which is the group Rose leads, mm-hmm. do. Only they were human. These are ghosts. Um, and then but but he overpowers it for long enough to let Abra escape. Then he goes to the basement, overloads the boiler, burns down the overlook. So we get the conclusion. Yeah. Of the Shining, but in the Doctor Sleep. Sleep adaptation, and then so the, is he is he of a conscious mind when he blows it up? Yeah, like so he's got the minion, but he's, he's in a conscious mind and he sees his mum. Okay, um, fair enough. And he sees his mum as he's going, um, and uh, then he the sort of button scene on the end of the film is him talking to Abra in her bedroom. Yeah, the same way that Dick was talking to him on a park bench when he was a kid. And then right. when another okay. when when Abra's mum calls her now for dinner, you see that there's no one there. Brilliant. So he's become her, Abra's her spirit, friend, spirit guide. Yeah. In the same way that Dick was Danny's spirit spirit guide. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I can't find any pictures of um thingies. I don't think there'll be any because he's only in one scene. Yeah. Um, um Okay, but, so oh, right, so so essentially that, but it's that, it's if, you're, sort of, if you're a fan of the novels of both the books, it, it you hits, get you still get to see it hits versions all the, it of hits things. all the beats. Yeah. And um yeah, so the whole villainy thing is that the true knot are a group led by Rose the Hat. That's one of them are hundreds and hundreds of years old, and they're all people who had the shine mm-hmm. of versions of it. Um, and they consume others who have the shine. When they die, they let out a sort of steam, yeah, like a silvery smoke, and they consume that, and it makes them inhuman creatures. And then, but then it allows them to live shine for a long time. And they keep it in these canisters, like these thermos-like canisters. Yeah. That um, but the idea is being that they're running out. So there's less sexies. Yes, kind of. (laughs) And they're after Like there's there's less shine in the world than there used to be. Yeah. Only now only then they find Abra and start coming after her. Mm -hmm. But also Danny's slipped under their radar because he spent so long of his adult life alcoholic. Well he made the same mistakes as his dad did. And it's it's implied in the book that Jack was had the shining as well. Oh, in the Doctor what, Sleep book, it's implied, that... and in the original Shining, to a degree. Oh, right, okay. So Jack, that, Jack that's Torrance why you can see the ghost has a sliver of it, and, and that's also yeah. why he drinks to mm. sort of block it out. Oh, it was more implied that he yeah. he was aware that he had this thing, oh, subconsciously aware. Yeah, and that, but that was one of the things that led to his alcoholism. Um, <clears throat> so after Danny gets clean, but he doesn't really use his shine much. Hmm. Certainly not to the degree that he can be found by Rose. Yeah, but what happens is they the true oh there's a horrifying scene Hit me. you see like early on in the, early on in the film you see um <clears throat> rose you know sort of abducts a little girl mm-hmm. who has the shine and then sort of <clears throat> spirit her off but then you actually see what happens with uh, one of the, one of their victims later on and jacob trembling has a small role yeah. as the baseball boy he's a kid who's like a wizard baseball because he always know where the ball's going to go yeah and he gets taken by the true knot and they torture him to death Jesus and it's like you don't it's you know they don't show you show you that show you the true not eviscerating a young boy no but but, they, you, do, but you know what's happening you're aware of what's happening um, to him even if you don't see it outright. yeah you're not like seeing the knife going or anything but you're seeing like the true not huddled around him and they're huffing the steam as it comes out of him as he's screaming and oh, stuff like that God. it's horrifying it's it's not graphic but mm. the, the, the 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 way it's shot 
Yeah. And the way it's framed is horrifying. It's also doubly horrifying because Abra is asleep and she feels it. Oh. oh. She feels it through his... Like, his shine reaches out. Her shine is so strong. Yeah. That she's in, like, Ohio and she can... um, She's been communicating with Danny on and off for years. God. Via the chalkboard. Yeah, that's the the stuff that's in the trailer. The whole, like... So she's just been doing that. And he's in Colorado. Yeah. So he's on, like, the other side of the States. And then these guys... Something like that, anyway. I get the geography mixed up. There's, but it's a, it's a massive distance. It's a massive yeah. distance. And like, Definitely a massive distance for a 13-year-old girl to yeah. traverse, never mind. And this, this baseball boy is being murdered in another fucking part of the thing entirely, so it's another massive distance. And that's when Rose first feels Abra, and he's like, she's so powerful. Like, we get so much steam off her. She's incredibly powerful. Um, We've been going for these boxes of nine nuggets. There's a yeah, box of twenty McNuggets down the road. Pretty much because uh, <laughs> not long after the after they murder the baseball boy, um, one of the oldest member of the True Knot dies because they don't have enough steam. Ah, okay. And you get to see sort of the inhuman, the true nature of their inhuman pact horror. Were, like like what, what they are. <clears throat> well, as they die, they start fading out layer by layer. Oh, so you see, so, like the yeah. skin just starts yeah. to disappear. It's... And then ah. the guy, the guy that 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 guy. Oh god, no! Why? He's like the oldest member of the True Knot, and it's um, he's a character actor. He, I think it's the guy who played Lurch in the Adam's Family movies. Uh, um, I hope so, because <clears throat> that means he's still around. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, Carol Strucken. Uh, uh, yeah, Carol Strucken. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. The giant, the giant from Twin Peaks. He's lurching on the family, on the family values. Um, yeah. Oh, he's not. He's the oldest member of the True Knots, and he's the first one to go. And um, yeah, it's horrifying. Jesus. <clears throat> um, it's, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a. The horror isn't that graphic. It's just. It's just so affecting, mm-hmm. because then later on, what happens is that Abra tells Danny. That she has to go. That if she has the glove, yeah, the, the baseball boy's glove, she can trade. She can find the true knot because one of them was wearing it for a bit. Right. Okay. So Danny and his mate Billy then go to the shallow grave of the baseball boy and dig him up. Yeah. And it's not again. It's not particularly graphic. I think you see like his limp hand at one point. Yeah. But it's the re- it's the performances, yeah, like their, reactions their reactions as they get, the body. and it's just when the smell hits them, yeah, and you so it's, 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 you can feel it hit them, yeah. Um, in don't their, watch in this in four DX. It is, it's just stunning because it, it 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 is absolutely horrifying without being particularly graphic or. I mean, the, the, I think the most graphic moment in it probably is is a oh, fucking wonderful moment where Rose. Um, infiltrates Abra's mind while she's asleep mm-hmm. and there's the idea of people's minds as libraries so Abra's mind is her bedroom yeah but like the wall opposite her bed which is normally just a normal wall is like drawers of index cards okay like you get in a library yeah filing cabinets and um, Rose starts going through it but Abra's laid a trap for her so the filing cabinet door closes on her hand. Yeah. And Rose has to pull her hand out of the filing cabinet and she pulls she starts to 
de-glove her hand. Oh. And it's horrifying. But again, it's not... It's, it's nothing... not, look at this gore! No, it's, it's look like, at how painful this is. Yeah. Um, and then it gets it gets healed up later on when she doses up on steam um, to go after uh, Danny and Abra. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so there's nothing, you know, massively... Um, nothing in graphic in it. Graphic, no, there's nothing. This isn't a gorehound movie. Yeah, like, that's the bloodiest thing that happens in the movie. Um, there are there are you know there are violent deaths, but they're not graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's the two time skips that I mentioned. So you have the sort of the prologue section with Danny as a boy. Then it flashes forward of like thirty years to when he's an adult. And he's getting fucked up, and the 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 primary sort of the sort of thing that sets him on the on the path, the straight and narrow path for good, is he uh, he has a one night stand with this woman, and he's leaving her apartment. And he take he finds his wallet empty, so he takes the money from her wallet, mm. and then as he, he's leaving, there's a little I think it's a little girl, like barely a toddler, can't even speak. He's just standing there looking at him. Yeah, and he's like, oh fuck, and Dick's ghost is there, and he's like. Put the fucking money back. Yeah, and also, uh, I I looked away when you got. Yeah, yeah. I promise, I wasn't looking. Because because okay, I peeked. I peeked a couple times. <laughs> I, okay, I'll, um, I'll be honest. I peeked through your eyes a couple times. But he doesn't put the money back. Ah. He takes the child and he puts the child in the bed with the woman, and then yeah. fucks off. And okay. then later on, when he gets to where he's going and his first night in his new place, and he's you know he's having his first sort of withdrawals because mm. he's not drank for a couple of days. Um, and he sees the the, and it's unclear if it's his guilt or if it's their actual spirits, yeah. or the ghost of the woman and the baby, because oh, no one's found them yet. Oh shit! And this is after he's taken a bus up to the other end of the country. Yeah, and met, so 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 they're yeah. either dead or it's playing on his mind. Yeah. I think it's implied that they are dead. Fucking like hell. she died in her sleep. Yeah, from whatever they because they were. Taken down, they were. They, they, you see him doing coke, yeah, and, and stuff as well. the baby, of course, just and, and the baby, not of course, just started that. Jesus Christ! And Don't like, sleep, folks. And like she fucking, like she guilts him into it, being like, you know, they're used to the baby crying because I don't look after her properly, so no one's come to check. Oh and No one's shit. found us. And it's like, and then, then he's after that, he gets clean, and then you see him like going to AA. You see him get his like his twenty four hour badge, his seven day chip, and then it's eight years later. Nice. Okay. And he's been living in this town for, and but you all see a bit of Abra before that. So as mm. he's going to this town and getting clean, you see Abra as like a, a five year old, mm-hmm. and there's a magician at her party. Yeah, and he's doing this spoon trick, like making spoons appear out of nowhere, and it's like takes off his hat and a bunch of spoons spill out of it. And it's all it's you know it's funny kids party magic stuff. And she's like, I can do that. I can do that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Cuts to her parents going into the kitchen after the party's ended. Abra's in the kitchen beaming all the spoons and all the cutlery in the kitchen are touching the ceiling. The like just dangling from the ceiling. Yeah. He's like, look at that. Anything. <laughs> and it's like, Don't fuck tell me, me. medical experiment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, so her parents sort of know that she's different, hmm. but she makes a point of not talking about it because then they'll view her differently. So right. She, she, so when she yeah. knows that there's something wrong, she goes to Danny, even though right. that she doesn't know him. And yeah. of course you get the like she she fucking skips school, gets a bus over, to, so he can't be that far away, but gets a bus over to his town mm. to like talk to him about it, and he's like, uh, 
13 year old girl cannot approach a man in his late 30s early 40s in the middle of a public space and not expect it to look weird <laughs> she was like oh just say you're my uncle which and again in the novel they kind of they hint at it in this but they yeah. drop it they don't go into it but mm. in the novel it's implied that Jack Torrance was un- was unfaithful to Wendy right so okay. Abra is in fact Jack's um, kid is in fact Jack's um, granddaughter out oh, of wedlock oh shit yeah so okay. Abra is um, oh. Danny's niece oh okay unbeknownst to them so the book implies yeah. that this that that line is more of a, no- a nod to that idea yeah but it, because there's obviously no well, groundwork in the film she's like oh just tell him my uncle it's kind of the truth anyway and then they don't mention it again oh okay so they're not confirming but, it, but they're no. going, there you go, book readers, we're acknowledging it, yeah. kind of. So it's kind of... It's not important to this adaptation. Um, Moving on. But yeah, Abra is such... Uh, what's it? Ky- Kylie Curran, mm. the actress who plays her. Fucking fabulous. Absolutely incredible performance. Like, full of swagger and confidence and, you know, she deals with some hat. Like, when the true knock come after her, she sets traps for them. She gets drugged, she gets kidnapped. Uh, her father, Her father gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, when she gets taken by them, um, and it's just she gets put through a lot as a character, and she is there for it. Yeah, and she helps Danny. She helps Danny's spirit come back from being possessed by the Overlook. Yeah, um, so he can make his you know final sacrifice, and um, it's a really really strong performance. I mean, it's been a strong couple of years for child actors. It's some really, really exciting discoveries. Cool cast of it, Daphne yeah. Keane. Like we've, I mean, we've had again, a... going back to this Dark Materials and obviously Daphne Keane yeah. is... She's stealing every moment she's on screen in that show. She's so good. She, she's putting every adult actor in that show to shame and there's a real, real good cast in that show. There's a cavalcade I, of I, talent. I cannot tell you, it's worth watching the BBC as Dark Materials just for Daphne Keane. She is something else in that show. Um, Good work, Daphne. Hi. Uh, Hi. Yeah, Kylie Curran, definitely another one to watch. But like I say, there's just... Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat, chewing the fucking scenery. Like, she's got this sort of snake-like, seductive... And she's Irish as well, mm. for the for the majority of it, which Rebecca Ferguson isn't. Um, she's Scandinavian. Um, and just... The, the feel of her as a villain and how and it's the little things like the fact that she's whenever she's unless she's like out in like you see her in a in a shop and like in a like a public park those are the only times in the film that she's wearing shoes and she goes everywhere else barefoot because and it's just like it's little things like and the way she moves and pads around it's just, it's a really there's a physicality to the performance. Not unlike... Right, yeah. She's not fucking whacking Phoenix in it up, dancing everywhere, but it, it's something about the, sort of the liveness of her and the, the sort of the creepingness of her. Yeah. The creepingness? That's not a word. It, it but, sounds like the whole approach to this has been a lot more on the theatrical side overall. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's... Um, so there aren't that many, like... Because it's so down to earth in its presentation, when things get weird... And they do get weird. It really hits. Mm. It really fucking hits. Sold the conviction. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Which which um, a lot of a lot of filmmakers like won't indulge in it in that way. They'll always kind of be like, look at how big this is. Which sounds like these guys are gone. No, we're we're going to we're, every experience these characters go through. We're going to make you feel for them. 
But it's also the, it's also the which in setup. turn will make you feel it's the uncomfortable setup of little or things. happy or scared or yeah. It's like the the little boxes and the and the snow maze, so that you know that the snow that the hedge maze is Danny's mind. Mm. So when Rose thinks she's in Abra's mind at the climax and thinks that Abra's trying to trap her. She doesn't realise that she's in yeah, the audience realizes that she's going, in Danny's uh, mind way before she does. Yeah. Um and they have uh, there's a confrontation between Rose and Danny that happens on the staircase from the writing room mm-hmm. where the um I'm not gonna hurt you that scene takes place yeah. and it mirrors that's like Rose is Jack and Danny is like when they stood and stuff, yeah. And it mirrors that scene really wonderfully. Yeah. Um, Henry, when Henry Thomas shows up as Jack Torrance, he's Lloyd the bartender. Oh and right, so Jack thing, Jack's yeah. in the same place as so you Lloyd. get this okay. incredible scene where Danny is sort of working through all his issues that came from what happened with his father, the way his father treated him, to Lloyd the bartender who's wearing mm. the face of his father. Yeah. To the point, and then eventually starts to wear down the Lloyd facade and get to the Jack Torrance underneath. Right. So he starts off just looking like him. No, no, he more, looks like. That's Jack. what I mean. Like, yeah. The, the, the yeah. more the conversation develops, the more he just begins to act like. Yeah. And then the okay. and, and and um, which actually probably helps the performer because you don't... Make, make those choices in terms of the don't just do an impersonation of Jack Nicholson thing. It's like you you can <sighs> organically through this actual routine. Yeah. But the, it's the way that the scene yeah. is framed. You hear. The Jack Torrance in his performance before you see him. Yeah, that's quite good. To the point Damn, where I really wasn't good. sure they were going to show him. Yeah, and then they do, and you're like, "Oh, okay." And then the scene goes on for longer than you thought it might. And you're like, "Oh, wow, this is really they really didn't." Like, but oh like, fuck! That's such a to put so much of the drama of the film into a scene where people could be like, "He's doing a Jack Nicholson impression." Yeah, but he isn't, so yeah. it it works. Um, and it's just full of of touches like that it's done with real care and love and craft in a way that a lot of modern horror movies aren't it doesn't rely on jump scares not to say that there aren't you know bits that make you jump there are bits that make you jump but it doesn't rely on quite quite loud Mm. um like so because it's again because it's so grounded when shit goes south when shit goes south shit goes south yeah, and it goes south in a big way, and there are always consequences. Um, like the way they set up the chalkboard conversations between Abra and Danny, which then leads to as she feels the baseball boy dying. That's when you get the red rum in the wall. Yeah, and she doesn't write on the wall; she cracks it into the plaster of the wall. That's how strong the sensation is. Yeah, and it's murder, but because he sees it in the mirror. Yeah, you get the red rum thing. And then he goes back to the Overlook and goes back to the old room in the Overlook and there's a door with red room on it and the hole that's bashed into it and he peers through the, the, the yeah. here's Johnny Hall and it's just... The here's Johnny Hall. Ooh, here's Johnny Hall. The fact that, that Flanagan is so confident in the film and he should be because it's brilliant that he can invoke The Shining visually yeah. and go back to those locations and rebuild those sets and shoot in them and it still works. And yeah. it works all the better because of it. It's absolutely brilliant. You you should see... You owe it to yourself Anthony to see Flanagan. Doctor Sleep. <laughs> it is really... It's really, really something special. And, it, and, and I'm, what, I'm, I'm a week and a half out from it now, and mm. I'm still feeling it. It's, it's just good. got something in it. It's the sign of a good horror. Oh! 
ladies and gentlemen, go watch Doctor Sleep. Oh. Uh, now, before we go to sleep, hey, <laughs> we're not going to. We're going to sex it first. We're gonna. <laughs> we're going to making fuck berserker. Make- My love for you is like a trap berserker. It's beautifully done. Uh, uh, let's check an email. We got an email in. Yes. From uh, your friend and yours. It's a good old Tom Monte. Tom. Um, Montague the fourth. Tom wants some opinions for us. He's got some opinions for us. Um, he wants to bathe in his opinions. And he wants to know about ours. Ah, an opinion exchange. Tom Monte says... And I think, I'm assuming this is in the wake of the, the Doctor Who teasers that's been coming out. Oh, the Watch This Space yeah. teaser images. Yeah. Uh, dear and Chris they, and Matt. You're doing it, mate. Fake one, which is still my favourite. You're favorite. doing it, mate. <laughs> um, dear Chris and Matt. Hello, Tom. It's been more than a year now since Doctor Who Series 11 kicked off. Yeah. Matt, I remember you've enjoyed it. Chris, I think you recall you having more mixed feelings about it. I, for one, thought it was definitely the worst series of New Who because it took no risks. Um. That's a factually debatable story. Statement, I'm going to say, mm. Tom. Um, for me, oh, there it, was def- not it definitely s- it definitely took risks. For me, there was not a single standout episode, and this is the only series I can say that about. And I'm yet to be impressed by 13. How does series 11 hold up in your guys' books a year on? Where does it rank among the other series? It's hands down better than any of the Capaldi series. It's better than most of the Matt Smith stuff. Um, it and as, as terms of single episodes, it has at least two episodes which could go in the top ten of the new series for me easily. Oh, which two? Rosa, I'm Rosa assuming. Rosa and Demons of the Punjab. Demons of the Punjab? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I still think it is one of the weaker series of the the modern run of Doctor Who, but n- more so near the middle of the rankings, nowhere near the bottom. Um, hey, you're not going to be seeing Arachnids in the UK on any, of my be- on any best of lists. Best episode featuring spiders. Yeah. Maybe. Like, like second place, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Below Planet of the Spiders. Uh, <laughs> All praise to the great one. Um, um, I, I, I'm sort of like the RTD era is still the best run of the modern series. Oh for yeah, me. absolutely. Like, Certainly e- the most consistent. E- every yeah, one of yeah, his yeah. four and a bit series is still the best. Um, Matt's first series I really love. I like bits of series six. I like quite a bit more than I, I give it credit at the time of series eight, Capaldi's first year. But I. Overall, like series eleven didn't blow me away. However, when it, when it hit, it hit. Yeah. I loved Ro- love Rosa. Rosa is easily in my top ten, it's as I believe it is in our previous discussions of my um of, of the modern era. Yeah. Modern era. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved Resolution, the New Year's special. Resolution was really good. Yeah, um, I liked a lot of demons. Keep about I like I like quite a bit of arachnids. Really, it, the ending's a bit of a damp like, squib. Like but... for me, that's probably the weakest episode of the season. But it's also got its own charm and yeah. But whereas, whereas, like for me, the weakest one to me was um, the Battle of Ralph Score, Ralph Cowles. Ralph, yeah, the, yeah. I like the concepts in that though. That yeah, was, that was for me. It was, I, it was I, a high concept episode. I really like it. Takes you away. Like my only qualm, genuinely, with that <sighs> is one the is, the, is the puppet frog. I'm like, it's the one time where I'm like, a CGI frog would have and sold t- me on I that moment. Totally better. get what they were going for as yeah. well. It's like, oh, you just put the effects on it, but like, the... it, it, it's weird lip sync. Like, yeah. have it not, have it not open its mouth in sync with the words, yeah, or have it be a CGI frog and just go all out cartoon batshit. The, like, se- the sentiment. I mean, the, you should see, again. I'm going to bring up these damn materials again. They're doing fucking wonders with the demons on that show. Yeah, like there's so... the, oh, the familiars and all those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, it's like 
I, I don't... I like Series 11, but I do feel like the, the better days of this era and tenure are still to come. Well, that leads... Uh, there's another question about that in a little bit. Um, okay. But first, what... Uh, what are your thoughts on the year gap we've had? What do you think BBC's reasoning for this is? I think I've said this before. Mm. I, again, this is just speculation. I have no um, no confirmation for this, but I suspect that there was a lot more riding on the success of, scene, of Series 11 than was made public. I think if Series 11 hadn't have been the success it was, and it was, it was a success, doesn't mm. matter what, no, sort of. But the ratings are less than this, that, the other. That changes over that time. That changes over time. Anyway, because, um, simply because of the way we consume media is different. Season Do- 11. Doctor Capaldi's successful launch series or whatever for Doctor Who was still not pulling anywhere near the numbers 20, 2005, 2006 were pulling in. Yeah. And that's due to many factors, but it still doesn't make it unsuccessful. Jodie's first series, series was a success. It was a success. In terms it, of and it was, ratings and, and things. And it was certainly more of a critical success with the mainstream media than the last couple of seasons have been. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if that hadn't have happened, I don't think we would be getting a Series 12. I honestly think that the show's reputation at the BBC was in the toilet. Mm. towards the end of Moffat's tenure. Um, annoyingly. Yeah, because Moffat... there's some good stuff in, in those series, and no. there, there is some good stuff in series... Moffat's a season writer. He I should know better. Series 9 and 10, but I'll, I'll amend that. There's some good stuff in series 10. and uh, Peter Capaldi's yeah. a fantastic actor. Yeah. And he was... Oh, some good stuff in series. There is some good stuff stories. in series nine. Uh, series, series, my, nine, is series nine is my least favourite series of the revival so far. I think them all being still good two partners... To a great or lesser degree, was a problem. Oh, also, or, or the or the the connective two parter, like the uh, yeah, the, the the ones that had some shared elements. Yeah, like. I, just, I think it would just yeah, but it gave us more Julian Bleach as Davros. I mean, that was you know that was which fun. is was cool because it was like he's one of the best guest stars we've had. The Doctor rolling around in Davros's chair is never not going to be great. Yes, like, that's, that's fantastic. That a fun mental image. <laughs> And then that horrible reveal of the uh, upper, like just end, the, upper torso of Davros writhing on the floor. The very bored Queen Davros. Yeah, because at this point he is just like yeah. what we see. Yeah. Um, um, I just... Yeah, that's what I, I, I think that's... I, I, I know enough to know that I'd rather say no comment. <laughs> like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, it ain't what the Not My Doctor Brigade would have you believe. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, a lot of the videos have come to conclusions from people who are very aggressively against the show. I mean, there are obviously people who just didn't like the last series and don't like the new characters and stuff, and that's totally fine, but there are people who are made, making a living out of bitching about it. Yeah. And uh, every theory they have purported, I can confirm from my limited knowledge of inside stuff, is not true. Well, but you know, at the same time, there's stuff I know that I'm like, I... Mm, you know what the difference is not between my place. us and those folks that make a living out of bitching about this stuff? They make a living out of exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I thought you were going to say, but you know what the difference is between you and me? I'll make this I'll make this shit look good. Also and, that. And now I want to watch Men in Black. Because it's um, so good. Do you have high hopes for Series 12? I personally am expecting more of the same, but I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm expecting more of the same because I liked it. I hope it... I hope it is. I hope you enjoy it more because I, I get that you didn't like series eleven and I that sucks. I. Hmm. We wish you. I we, hope you enjoy we it. We wish more. you did. Not in like yeah. a like. Oh my god, you should be all the same size as. But just like a yeah. yeah. I, I, I in the same way I imagine you wish you'd 
you like. I, I, dis- I disagree no with the idea. No one ever wants to watch something and be disappointed ever. No. So, you know. I disagree with the idea that it took no risks. If anything, the casting of Jodie Whittaker was an enormous risk. Mm. I, I get what um, you I get what you mean in terms of its execution, Tom, not taking any risks. It did the Doctor, for example, one of my biggest problems with it, the Doctor did feel very uh template fan filmy in terms of the yeah. way she was written. And and it, it some episodes it didn't give Jodie much to play with, really. I think that's also a downside of having the four man TARDIS crew. Yes. Because you have yeah. to you, you are dividing up screen time between yeah. four characters instead of two. Yeah. Jesus, the fucking witch hunters. That was a great oh, the episode. Witch hunters was great, yeah. Was, um, yeah. Especially with Al- Alan Cumming just hamming it. <sighs> fucking Alan Cumming, man. I love him. I'm all for the guest stars. I love stars. him! I'm all for the guest stars playing historical figures and hamming it. Yeah, more of that, please. Now, that's that's so what I want watching as well. More historical figures played in really hammy performances. Uh, I want I've that. Got, I've got some higher expectations for Series 12 <clears throat> just because one thing I did miss last year, and I, could, I completely got why they did it, but one thing I did miss was the... Um, exclusion of old recurring villain. elements. Yeah, yeah. Like I get that, and I don't think every series should have like a bunch of old villains cropping up again and again. Lucy and I in our rewatch of the classic run, she's just seen Revenge of the Cybermen for the first time, and we finished it. And I was like, "What do you think?" And she went, "Cybermen were they were kind of shit in this, really, weren't they?" And I was like, "They're not particularly effective in this, no." And it's because it almost feels like they've gone. We've not done a Cyberman story in a while. Quick, do one, and they didn't really have a story to tell that utilize the Cybermen well enough. Yeah. Like, oh, they're allergic to gold now. That's important, right? It's like, no, what, what, <laughs> made, what made them creepy before was the way they carried out their plans yeah. and the way they sounded and all that. And in this, it's just like, they're just kind of, you, they could be anything in this. Yeah. And, and it's... Yeah. You know, I think that's a problem with Cybermen in, 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 in general. Like, you need a story that's good enough for that. Or, or, or it's the Superman issue. Yeah. You need someone to have a really good idea that utilizes the core. Yeah. I, I, well, the ne- let's, let's face it. After um, the invasion, the next time the Cybermen are really effective is when they're renamed the Borg and are used in Next Generation. Much, um, like, and, th- and then we have to wait until on television, yeah. obviously. I don't think until, this, until Age of Steel rise the Cybermen for them to be remotely it's effective. It's so easy again. to just go, oh, they're robots with the Cybermen. And even after Age of Steel yeah. rise the Cybermen, we then have to wait until the Pandorica opens for them to be effective again. Yeah. And that's one just being ahead. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's. It's hard to use the Cybermen well, apparently. That guy got but, ahead of the t- ahead of the game. Oh, um, but the Cybermen are rumored to be in series twelve. Okay, and I'm like, Damn okay, that. cool. The Jadoon okay. confirmed to be in series twelve. Yeah, they're a fun modern character, like creature to use. So great. We've seen um, the Daleks on set filming. Yeah, and, and also Resolution, of course, brought them back yeah. as part of the series eleven after series eleven package, and that was a really cool story because that point you were like. You know, there's that moment with every Doctor where you're like, oh, that Doctor up against the Daleks. That's kind of the, let's see yeah. let's see how they fare. It's one of those things where you're looking forward to seeing how they deal with it. And I think Jodie's uh, incarnation had a pretty good freaking face-off in Resolution. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah. okay. You know, yeah, I've, I've got high hopes. And, I, and obviously as an actor, for Jodie in particular, she'll probably develop more quirks and ticks now. Yes. That will define it. I think Tom is the only one who hits the ground running in his first series. Like, he yeah. still evolves, but yeah. from series one, he's very much, very much has a style that is consistent throughout yeah. his run. Um, it's, it's, obviously, no, it's, excluding Paul and Chris, who, who, 
who knows? They might have been very different doctors. Yeah, it's, it's uh, by the time of their second or third series. Who could but, say? Yeah. Who could say? Who? Who could say? Knows, um, eh? Ha ha! One thing that really would you like a basset soft and chewy vitamin? If you don't stop talking over me. I'm gonna break your fucking kneecaps. I, I, my knees are already buggered. I, right I don't then, think I'm gonna improve. break your fucking elbow caps. Oh no, please! And then I'm gonna pull your ears off. Doctor Who, fucking brief history. One ninety nine. Get out, Tom. Go away, Tom. Oh, that advert was so good. It's fucking brilliant. One ninety nine. <laughs> so um, good one thing that really bothered and upset me about series 11 was the reduced episode count and it looks the same for series 12 are you a fan of the 10 episode format for me it just means less chances to strike gold I'm I'm not particularly mind. attached I'm, I'm... to a series like I mean I would rather they take the time they need to take to get a good run of consistent stories if that's 10 it's 10 mm. if it's 12 it's 12 if it's 13 if it's 5 it's 5 like I, I do it's, I do wish it was a couple fine. episodes longer simply because that's some of the Russell's team did so well maintaining the 13 plus Christmas special a year because 13 episodes meant more chances for multiple part stories again again this and, is just and, and I would I would like to see some multiples return I think if you have 10 episodes like with was Capaldi series 10 was a 10 episode one wasn't it no it was uh, uh 12. Maybe they were all twelve, I think. But it, yeah, because that was one where it wasn't two parts until the end of the series, but like the Monk trilogy kind of slow yeah. momentum. Whereas God, if you've got fucking if you if you've man. got thirteen episodes, you can do three singles, a two parter, yeah, two singles, a two parter, and then do whatever you want around the series. Yeah, there's so flexibility. I, on I, there. I would I would like more, but only so we could have the opportunity for more multi part stories. I would rather it just be like, okay, we have this many good scripts. Let's spend the money on this many good scripts rather than getting another couple of episodes that aren't as good. Fair um, enough. So if it's as consistent for, again, for me, if it's as consistent mm. as Series 11 was, I'm, keep it an episode. Fine. Keep, do whatever works. Do what you feel like is right. Just speculation. I feel like the show has got an uphill struggle at the BBC. Make it work. At the moment. So yeah. it, I would imagine that there's less faith in it and therefore they're not giving them the episode order, mm. the, the bigger episode order that they would because they're wanting to spend less money on it. Um, because... Money, money! They're probably trying to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> it's probably. Well, they haven't, I, made, they haven't made Top Gear a, a similar success to its original incarnation as of yet, so Doctor Who uh, is a crutch they need to lean on. Yeah, exactly. Um, how long can you see the Chibber staying as showrunner? Do you think of the part when Jody leaves or stay on for 14? I would love to see him go ASAP, but I guess Series 12 is his chance to turn that feeling around or cement it. Um, I'd like I, I'd like him to do at least three you, seasons. Are you implying that Jody's going to leave season thirteen? That would make sense, I guess. I, I get three that, years is about the one. Run. One thing we've not had yet is a Doctor Crossing showrunner, and I, I would no. like to see that. I would really like to see that. Like I remember when Capaldi was leaving, part of me was like, I kind of want him to stick yeah, around for I want one to stick more around. series because David nearly did. He told Russell his plans. He wanted to leave. Russell wanted to leave as well. They were like, right, perfect. We'll go together at the same time. It's going to be a year of specials. And then David Tennant found out Stephen Moffat was taking over showrunner and went, yeah. oh, oh, should I do one more series? And apparently there was a few weeks where the, the contract for the specials yeah. and all that stuff was on hold while he was debating over what to do. Yeah. Um, 
And that's interesting. As as far as it works out, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because that clean slate. I get it with the showrunner. You kind of want the clean slate, the revival to feel different. Well, I also feel like. But we got a glimpse of what that could be like with Capaldi's last series, where they treated it like it was a refresh. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it then ultimately didn't pay off because it was no. This feels the same. But I would be interested if Chibnall left. I would want Jodie to do at least one more season. But I think she. I think Jodie and Chibnall are. Or at least specials. I think they're intrinsically tied together. Yeah, true. Because you wouldn't have got Jodie on the show without Chris Chibnall, and Chris Chibnall wouldn't. No, if somebody wasn't Chris Chibnall, wouldn't have thought to cast Jodie. True. Very true. Um. So I. I think. They're my, gonna my, only stead, my only steadfast with the regeneration is the next actor better also be female just to basically solidify yeah. Yeah. this is not a gimmick. Um, like the character yeah. can be, yeah. That'd be nice. male, female, non-binary. Like just to establish it as a, yeah, as a rather sure than it be a there. one-off. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, did you did um, you see um, Dan Slott's tweet this week about Doctor Who? So I think, I think no. I it was. It was. It was I might have done. He tweets a lot about it was, one, it. was one of our listeners actually. I think put the tweet out initially. But, um, um, there was about like oh uh, like if you could become showrunner for Doctor Who what would you do and this was something that Dan Slot had, had actually it actually told me about this idea um, oh yes no I, I saw the, this yeah, I back, saw back this when I got the yeah uh, I know the tweet you mean now five five ten nine no, ten um, and yeah it was the one where he said like his idea would be you you open a series with a showdown yeah. between the master. And the Doctor of the previous series. That shown happens, a Reichenbach Falls kind of thing. Where it all goes to hell and it all gets blown to smithereens. And in the refuge of it all, the the aftermath of the explosion, two regenerated figures emerge. Clothes burn beyond recognition. Like maybe you do it like it's a space station so they're both in the same uniform. Clothes burn beyond recognition. And both of them believe that they're the Doctor. Or or one of them is the Doctor and the other's trying to convince everyone that they are. Or they both genuinely do the post-regenerative thing of they don't really know. And you spend the whole series having simultaneous storylines going on with separate Doctors. I mean, that ending was too bonkers for anyone at an organisation as humdrum as the BBC to ever yeah. sign off and on And you it. only reveal but, the truth in the finale of that series. Yeah. So you do it for one series, you don't make it a gimmick that runs forever, but you make it, it's a, it's a key to time thing of like, Could you this imagine? one series is based on this idea. Could you imagine pitching that to a fucking BBC commissioner? I can imagine pitch. I can imagine pitching it to them, and I can imagine they're going great. Well, we'll be in touch about stuff, and then they're never getting back in touch with you because a lot of BBC commissioners are that boring. Fucking hell! Um, I once pitched a documentary series aimed at kids uh, that they tried to turn into a kids vote who's the best thing, but the premise of engagement. Go get that engagement. The premise of the documentary was about encouraging ideas. So it would defeat the purpose to suddenly compete Which and, idea bat, is the and best? bat the ideas against one another. And I explained that in that meeting, and they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe we could find a way to put an element like that in it somewhere." And I was like, "Yeah, somewhere." In the back of my head, saying, "Never. Are you fucking kidding Never. me? Never." Mental. Like this is the, this is the logic we're working with, folks. Yeah. Oh um, god. So yeah, um, Jodie will go when Chibnall goes. If she doesn't go before. Chibnall will stay around until the BBC piss him off and then he'll go, fuck you guys. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Yeah. He'll hit the convention circuit. He doesn't strike me as a man, as a, as a who'll creative... Take their shit. Who, who, who it, it will put up with it. Not after mm. the success of Broadchurch. Yeah. And it's not like um, yeah. him being 
uh, unofficially blacklisted from the BBC for a duration would be too much of a problem for him because ITV would be like, hey, do you want to come back hey, and write some? <laughs> come, and do, come and do some stuff for us. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, I think... Well, it's difficult because I, you know, we've both worked for the BBC, mm. and there has been some great stuff that's come out of there, and there's some great people. That when work we slag there. stuff off, we're usually slagging yeah. off individuals and individual circumstances, but not the whole thing. But it's like fucking hell, it's an organisation. It, yeah, it does not. It's not an organisation that breeds creativity. Corporation is one of the words in its name. Yeah, and um, the corporate side of stuff does unfortunately tend to lead the decisions nowadays. Yeah, which sucks. Um, and finally, there are people there who are creative as hell who want to make cool stuff and well, you know one day they'll get their chance finally what are your thoughts on the idea of 13 leaving in series 13 it would be, <laughs> it would be poetic because it's mean that 14 would debut in series 14 and this would be the first time the number of the doctor has lined up with the series season number since 1963 it's a cute gimmick does this and... make you giddy or is it just me oh it's a cute gimmick and i will say this gimmick. i yeah sure especially if if like i said like we get at least three seasons of chibnall then that would yeah up. That, that I mean, makes sense. You know, three seasons, we had three seasons of Matt, we had three seasons of Capaldi. Th- three years of Billy, three years of Pat, uh, four-ish years of John, I mean, seven-ish less, years of Tom. That's less stories three than, of it, Peter, than it is now, but still. Three, two seasons of Colin, three of Sylvester, yeah. three and a bit of David. Yeah. Um, Matt was three and a bit. Five, yeah, six, 20, seven, end of 2013, uh, three and a bit. Uh, uh, Peter was three se- three and a bit in terms of seasons, but he was actually the Doctor for going on five years. Yeah. If you count, because like, that's when the big production gaps really started. Yeah, was, and uh, Joe. I mean, Jodie has now been the Doctor as of her debut for over a year, and we've had one series, and there's no sign of the imminent second one. Yeah, apart from this possible trailer announcement. But yeah, I mean, so, thirteen sounds about. Right. I'd be fine. I'd be fine with. It. I think three seasons per Doctor is, yeah. is a pretty good. Uh, the, yeah, the, the the poetic nature of it is is kind of charming but that don't let that be the reason you do it <laughs> you know what i mean well jordy we're just thinking uh, we're just 13 thinking years we're gonna chuck yeah uh, we're gonna, you're gonna fuck off it's like i would kick off fucking kick him in the jaw <laughs> right at uh, the ghoulet oh man do you know what noise they make when you kick them they... 199 <laughs> they make the noise that is Thank you for listening to the Big Damn Cast. And if you've enjoyed the show, you can, of course, if you're in a position to, head over to patreon.com forward slash Big Damn Cast and support us there. For as little as one dollar a $1. month. One dollar! One ninety nine. You get on the Discord. A little bit more than that, you get exclusive content. A little yeah. bit more than that, you get even more exclusive content earlier than the rest of the world. You support the content that you're enjoying and we'll be eternally grateful. You get Big Damn, big, big damn Love every two weeks. You get... Three streams a week. You get other stuff that we're going to do when we can. <laughs> All those tings. Once Chris has got his panto shit out of the way. Yeah, once we've got the panto shit out of the way, there'll be um, more of them tings. Um, um, but, yeah. but yes, thank you. As always, it's been a long one. Surprisingly a long one. You know why? We're going to be talking about what? You know why? Why? Because we've just definitely reviewed The Mandalorian. Definitely reviewed The Mandalorian. Yeah, that algorithm. We definitely reviewed definitely The Mandalorian. Reviewed the Mandalorian. <laughs> Spread the episode algorithm. Thumbs up, thumbs down, right, girls, for the other YouTube as well. Mr. Content is a hard taskmaster. And he must be fed. <laughs>